What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. I feel like we're going to get this pretty soon. Like once it hits like July, I feel like it's going to be just 95 and humid every day through like October. Yeah. But you're right. Right now is like our spring is like this like 70. Yeah, we were down in Winchester today. Um, went to Piccadilly's Pub. Piccadilly's. Piccadilly's in What Winchester. was the name of the owner? Um, <laughs> the name of the owner? <laughs> that was the name. So for someone to have a Piccadilly Pub, then you'd Piccadilly's think they'd, Pub, man. you think they'd have a, a, a cool owner like, like you'd think. Mad, Mad Bill or something Mad like that. Bill, yeah. We asked for Mad Bill. He wasn't there. <laughs> um, no, Piccadilly's Pub, because I think the street is named Piccadilly, so that's why they get, where they got their name uh, from. I'm not entirely sure. It was in downtown Winchester. And... Uh, not bad, I will say. We got okay. boneless wings, which is they're famous for, Ooh. according to their menu. It's their famous wings. What does it even mean? They're famous for that. Right? I don't know, and I don't know who. Are you actually famous? Who makes them famous for it? I'm not sure. I will say these were the biggest boneless wings I've ever had in my life. Yeah, they were humongous. Um, I got twelve of them, of course. You said boneless, right? Boneless. Okay. I did boneless because I was with. We were with another couple and their kid. And if I'm with other people, I don't like doing the bone-in bit Ooh. because I'm afraid of just yeah. everything getting stuck in the teeth and, like, all over my hands and fingers. And it's just it becomes kind of a mess. Gotcha. So I did with the bone list so I could work a fork in there. Ah. Um, but I will say these were humongous boneless wings. And I got – I did half their house sauce uh-huh. and half barbecue sauce. Definitely was. It's always, it's always a, a situation right there when you yeah. say, "Can I get the house sauce?" Because you never know what you're going to go into. Well, I feel like they didn't do any. I think it was all the same sauce because <laughs> there was no difference between the two. Maybe their house sauce is barbecue. I don't yeah. know. Um, but I did that, and then Abby and I split some cheese fries, um, oh. which is always a good move. Was it melted or was it just like it was, melting it when was it got that, there? It was that like melted, but kind of like it's starting to get a little firm. So some of the fries would have like you get the you get kind of that like layer of cheese that's like stuck on it. Yeah, um, tastes pretty good. Oh, my six hundred pound life. That's our show. You I was gonna, t- I was going to turn that on, but I mean, uh, it's not a bad idea. Uh, if you're um, okay, we'll do it. All right, you but said uh, we you did said that, yourself. and then I had I had like two Holly story two or three beers. Um, that's, some that's definitely not Holly right there. <laughs> no, that's a commercial. <laughs> 
but yeah, it was good. It was good because I had the weekend prior when you were out of town, we did the uh, Glory Days bit. So we went yeah. to Glory Days and got some wings there too. How are those wings? Glory Days wings are pretty good. I will say I like the glory sauce. Their house sauce is okay. I get the glory wings. Um, and uh, the weird thing was about that, I will mention, is so we went there around 4 o'clock. It was a Saturday. It was for the Nat- Nats. were playing at 4. And we're like, let's go, and we can go eat at Glory Days and watch some of the Nats game and stuff like that. So we got there at like 3.55. There was a kid selling their little like bat-a-thon tickets and stuff oh, outside. Great. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll, I, had, I had a $20 bill. I was like, I'll buy this. And it has a bunch of coupons on it and all that crap. Yeah. Anyway, so then, including one for Glory Days. It was like $5 off Glory Days. Meal. I was like, oh, okay, this could work out. Anyways, we get it's in there. It. We order our, order our drinks. And I'm like, hey, man, the Nats game's about to start. Like, it was on none of the TVs at and, and Glory Days. This is a sports pub locally to Washington, D.C. And I go to the waiter. I go, hey, man, do you mind putting on the Nats game? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have it on. And I was like, okay. And I was kind of like in my mind, I was like, well, do you know that the game is happening right now? <laughs> and clearly he didn't. And so he walked away. I love it when they do that. Meanwhile, they had college softball on all the TVs. Of this is 4 o'clock, glory days. Nobody's really there. It's me, yeah. Abby, and then like, you know, maybe there was a couple other tables. Not much. There's a birthday party in the back being way too loud. I wanted them to just die. Ah, um, and then so the guy comes around again. He brings the drinks. And still, it's by now, it was a 4.05 start. It's about 4.15. The game's still not on any of the TVs. Yeah. And I'm literally watching it on my phone at this point. Like, I'm watching the, the MLB TV, like, here's what's happening. Um, so then I, I, the guy comes over again. I go, hey, man, like, I'm not trying to be annoying here, but, like, are you going to put the game on the TV or what? Yeah. And then he was like, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. He's like, I got to talk to my manager. They gotta, they're the ones that put it on. And I was like, I've been to Glory Days before and asked for this, and the waiter was able to do it easily. I, don't, I just don't get that when you go to a restaurant, and like you said, it's a locally owned restaurant. And it's like, a sports bar. <laughs> it's a sports <laughs> and, restaurant. And, they, and the funny thing is when they have, like, they always you know, pride themselves in having, like, 50 TVs. They had a billion TVs and in there. And they have 45 of them on, on ESPN. It, it's like, all right, I, I don't have to watch the same sh- softball game or whatever in four straight TVs. And like, it's like some different varieties here. And somebody else had to ask. I watched another table ask them to turn the, their TV, too, because it's like nobody wants to watch softball right now. Like, none of us are here to watch, <laughs> no one's watching Alabama, <laughs> USC, girls softball. <laughs> like, in the fourth inning, it was like 50 to nothing. And yeah. uh, it, was, it was like, what's going on here? Uh, and then it, it's funny because it reminded me of last NFL season. Why am season. I watching Japanese wrestling right well, now? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sumo wrestling, me versus you. Um, All right. Last football season, Lions Monday night football against the Jets. I walked across the street to the local sports bar, Sullivan's or Sully's. Sullivan. Oh, is that, Sully's Poorhouse. Is it, is it Sullivan's? Sully's it used to short? be O'Sullivan's. Now it's called Sully's Poorhouse. Yeah. I don't know. Rebrand. So <laughs> I go over there. It's like it's Monday night football. It's Lions on TV. Yeah. Lions, Jets. We may have a shot here. <laughs> and, uh, win a game. and I go, well, let's go to the local. It's, it's a sports bar. Yeah. And we show up to the sports bar, order some crazy. They have like this mac and cheese sub with like shrimp. I mean, it's like an insane sandwich. They might not have t- tots on it. I but think they I have, tried like, to order DoorDash possibly from there one time. Yeah. And I looked at the menu. I think one of their pictures is like a sub. They've got a crazy with, sub with like lobster. It's a lobster mac and cheese sub. And I got that. Okay. Terrible. Oh, um, okay. And, uh, and we got the fries. And then, let me know. And I looked, and like, again, another place, a bunch of TVs, no Monday Night Football to be found. I called the waiter over. I was like, hey, can you have them change one of these TVs to the, Monday night, to the football game? <laughs> the and, prime time and the guy NFL goes, game. the guy goes, what football game? Oh, jeez. I was like, 
Dude, the only look like? the only effing football game that's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not it, talking about the Canadian football league. It's only the most popular right sport in the world, and it's Monday Night Football. So this is the only game happening right now. And I was like, look, I get it, get it. It's Lions Jets. It's not the most thrilling matchup yeah. in the world, but at the same time, it's like, come on. So he finally turned it on, and it was just like, what? If you are a sports bar, you'd hope that your employees least. At least have some sports knowledge yeah. to know. Hey, maybe these these games are important to people. Now, Lions, Jets, I get it, but Nats—that's your local team. You yeah. got to have that game on the TV, especially in the springtime where they're not, you know, voc- or not uh, televising Redskins OTAs. Yeah, they're not. There's, not, there's nothing they're else not, on. They're not having a camera on Ted Leonsis saying, "Hey, when are you going give, to give us a GM here or anything of that nature?" This is Nats baseball. Now, how does that person fit in that car? <laughs> that's what I want to know. <laughs> How do they get into the car? Is Again, what I guess. we have 600-pound life because the Nats game just ended as we are starting to record this. And you can't get mad at us for making fun of them because they chose to be on TV. So, like, oh, oh. oh they're going through the that, – that's a Burger King drive-thru. Is I can tell. That's a Wendy's. No, it's thing. Wendy's. No, that's a good call. That's a good thanks, call. I'm thanks, glad you thanks. corrected me there. I saw that, that salad that no one gets on the screen there. So are they going to get about <laughs> – they're going to get about three bags worth of food, I'll tell you that. Look at her. She's, like, so intense Are right you now. sure that's a woman? <laughs> I don't know. There's the – there's one bag. That's it. That's it. Oh, maybe it's must a, be on a diet a snack. <laughs> yeah, that's there. That's the first restaurant. Look how. Look how. Look, oh my gosh. Oh man. That yeah, car. they're going to the. Oh man, that's a big bite. That might be a. I don't know if that's a guy or girl. I'll be honest. What's the the, the show is called? Or the, the title of this one is Holly's Story. Okay, that's Holly. It has to be a woman. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big sandwich. Look at him. He's just like. Yeah, that must be the triple decker or something. They must have that triple. Triple layer burger. Oh man! What, you really had to get up that close. <laughs> Imagine being a, a camera guy for this show. Three hours later, they're still driving. Oh my gosh, what's happening now? Look at him. He's he's like <laughs> the next hotel. Oh, they're going to a hotel. She's struggling. That's just the entire show for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I forgot we got to actually do the show because hey, they, they can't see what we can hey, see. This is going to be our clip of the week. I bet this is a, this is definitely because we're going to start that new thing about the clip of the week. So I think this might be in the running of the clip of the week, just us watching the 600-pound life. This is what we should do. We should have a... Uh, Are they just getting a hotel room just to go to the bathroom? Is it really? I don't know. No way. Is that what it said? She's, like, in pain right now. The subtitles are on, I think. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, while you're watching that, I'm gonna, This is I'm better gonna, than any Nats game I've seen all year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the funny thing, though, about what you're talking about. Is that yeah. you, like again? Like I said, you go to these sports bars. And I don't know how long that was. I'm like, I can't wait to edit this. Um, yep, yep, they're in the motel room on the first floor. Let's see what they're doing. Um, anyways, so you go to this, these sports bars around town, and like, yeah. and, and especially even going to like a like a bar at like an Outback or something like that, which sure. we never really do. But you know, one of these bars that are local, and you can't get them to turn on. Like they have like. Some wrestling matchup from like the, you know, it's not even WWE. It's, so it's like stupid. some random other, you know, I don't even know, whatever it is, TNA or whatever they call it nowadays. It's ridiculous. And, and it's like, it's so funny because you ask them, hey, can, I, can, you, can you put on the Nats game? And people are always like, because you always want to wonder, like, is anybody watching, like B Dubs, for instance? Yeah. You always want to look around and say, like, okay, yeah. what, who's paying attention to the what, TV? Yeah, what, who's paying attention to the TV? Am I going to piss off somebody because they're watching, you know, uh, <laughs> mini, mini golf or something? Yeah. And, uh, then you're like, okay, you know, it's a, it's a primetime game, like, especially for the UFC fights. Like, you always had that one guy that goes in there, and he's there, and he's sitting there, like, eating dinner or something like that. And then mm-hmm. he's like, well, I guess something's going on tonight. This place is packed. And all of a sudden, it's like they don't know it's a UFC fight, and they're sitting there asking for, you know, cricket or something like that to come on the TV. It's like 
you want to make sure and be courteous of the people around sure. you, but you also want to make sure that you go and you, you can see the game you're trying to watch, especially a popular game in this area. It's like it's it's almost the equivalent of not having a Redskins game on at, for instance, like Glory Days or... It's just stupid. I mean, if you're running these bars, you just got to know, hey, I know the local clientele. I got to get this. Uh, they, they brought in the special scale for her, I guess. <laughs> um, they got to have... You got to have... We it, sound like those jackasses. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, whatever. Um, you want to televise it, then we have to but, uh, give, our, give our thoughts. But yeah, if it's one of those things where it's like, if you're a sports bar, you got to have sports on <laughs> like, that people are going to be watching. It's like, how hard is that to have happen? That's like, uh, that's like going wild. to a, a bar and not having a D.C. United game, which no one else wants well, to pay for. Yeah, no yeah. one can get it. It's, they're getting in big trouble. Flow yeah. FC, man. Well, we can talk about that later in the show, maybe yeah. a two-point conversion or something like that. But, um, but yeah. I, I think I had I think I thought I had a – I think I thought I can – I don't even know what I'm saying. Well, there was an article that re- was came out recently that, that sports bars are yeah. all literally stopping showing – DC United games because it's not worth it for them anymore because yeah. they have to pay the Flow FC fee and then the Flow FC has been going out lately like yeah. it's just been dying and uh, and it's just you know it also sucks that DC United literally has been tying every single game yeah. they haven't won like any in the last five yeah. they just keep drawing after you texted me that I looked at their standings and I was <laughs> like okay it's like seven seven and seven it's like yeah, okay it, it's, it's whatever uh, but hey last thing sure. I, I saw something uh, on the I think it was on the radio and then I saw a news article about it but I didn't really read it and it said. Uh, that Alamo Draft House, which I know you've yeah, ventured yeah, to I'm a few a, times, I have I'm yet to, I've yet to be there. <sighs> you gotta um, go, man. But uh, they It'll are change your life. They are now supposedly. I don't know if this is true or if it's certain locations. They're actually allowing dogs to go there now, where you have to pay a ticket. It's a discounted ticket. It's like a five buck ticket for your dog to go there. Really? Now, to me, that's more of a liability, you know, type of thing here, where someone has dog allergies or whatever. Now, they have to have specific theaters for this, I bet. And it's got to be probably very specific showings. Because they do that, yeah. like, so at Alamo, they'll also do, like, a kid's, like, family showing. So sometimes, yeah. like, on Saturdays, like, the 11 o'clock showing is, like, family specific. They yeah. don't want you to bring your kids for the other stuff, but they'll they'll let you bring it for this this sort of thing. That's what I'm worried about is that like, you know, and, and they brought it up on the radio as well where it's like I'm not going to bring my golden retriever and then he all of a sudden he sees a you know a, a bloodhound over there and he's just going to go nuts. Like yeah. It's like, I mean, what's what's the point? I mean, I don't even know how that's Whoever came up with that as an moron, they should get fired. Yeah, because that's the dumbest idea. It's the, silly. I think you can leave your dog alone at home for the two hours that you have for them. Why can't be. you just have a theater where you have to pay fifteen, twenty bucks for a ticket, which kind of it's already that now, pretty much. Yeah. But why can't you have you know a twenty dollar ticket and for you to bring your own food? Like, yeah. but 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 that also could be you know a liability issue if someone's allergic to something. Well, yeah, technically you can. You just got to sneak it in. And oh, well. sneak it in. But no, but I will say you got to don't again, tell them the tricks of the trade. You got to check out Alamo, man. Their food's pretty good. You get beers and stuff. Oh, yeah. it's not a bad lo- now. But be sure to save some money for it because it's it's a little. <laughs> it's not it's not a cheap it's not a cheap outing. Yeah, for I, don't, sure. I don't understand how the the tickets prices went from you know ten dollar or nine or ten dollars. And I think when I was a kid, I think it was seven dollars for a matinee. Can you believe that? Seven bucks, yeah. and now it's like seventeen for a matinee. It's like it's not I don't great. know where they go getting off with this stuff. Yeah, we got to fight him, man. Yeah, got to fight the man. Yeah, I think like out like I'm looking at Alamo right now. I'm just seeing like an example for pricing. Um, if I was going to go see Rocket Man, let's see what that pricing would be. And it's just nothing's working on my phone. So forget it. Forget it. My 500-pound phone. And, la- and la- last but not least, Uber supposedly is offering talking options for drivers. I've seen that. You saw that? I've seen that, I don't yes. know. We might have talked about this before. But no, no, no. We didn't. They, they basically you know, are offering uh, to say, hey, if you're riding in my vehicle, 
let me know if you want to talk or not. If you're open to talking, then okay. If you're not open to talking, then tell me, and it'll be a silent ride. Yeah. And some people are totally for having silent rides. Some people are totally for talking. I'm kind of for 50-50. Like, yeah, I know, think it, there's a time and place. Like, yeah. there's when, I've got, when I'm a little liquored up and I'm taking an Uber back, I'm a talkative guy. I want to know where he's from. Yeah, I don't mind ch- talking to you, but there are some times when you're taking the Uber and you're just like, I just don't feel like talking right now, yeah. and this person's just a chatty Cathy, and they oh, just yeah. keep talking to me. I always get a nice sense of how their car is number one how it's laid out you yeah. can tell that that's like their full-time gig with yeah. the rubber mats and all this kind of yep. and yep. Like some people have waters lined up and granola bars and all that crap yeah i like it um which i'm never going to touch but uh, no no no, <laughs> no. Know? i don't want to touch your finger <laughs> fring, finger granola bars you, whatever you've stuck in there <laughs> but then but then they always have like some people have good, good music and you can just tell like by the name sometimes yeah. stuff like that like there was a guy in cleveland one time jim was performing up there uh, one time, uh, and uh, back it was like maybe a year and a half ago in October, and um, basically what happened was this guy, like he knew uh, some of the, the Indians or something like that. Like he was like hmm. friends with some of the Indian players, or something like that. I mean, he did have a nice car, um, but he said it was in the shop because he had a, he had an Enterprise rental car. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of weird because like he pulled up to the to the Airbnb we were at, and it was, he was in like this Altima. And he says, yeah, I have like a Chrysler 300, and this is all they had, and mine's in the shop. And I was kind of freaked out a little bit because I was like, this is kind of odd because this guy's just pulling up and like telling me to come over to his car <laughs> in Cleveland. Uh, and uh, it was just it was kind of weird, but he was a pretty chill guy, and he got us there on time, which is nice. But overall, uh, it, it's actually a pretty cool option to have that. I mean, if for an app like, like that, it. you should have it like, you know, where, where you're running a car or you're getting a car and uh, or a ride, I should say. And you have these options of what you want. And, and you know, because I know they had uh, the music option in there, like what kind mm-hmm. of music uh, you wanted to listen to, or can you hook up your Apple Bluetooth or something? I forgot what it was. Like, it was like a year, a year ago or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you could like, you could uh, connect your Spotify like, yeah, to, something, the, something like that, yeah. to the car, and then like it would let you choose the music and stuff. Um, something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Uber is definitely. Technology's here, folks. Yeah, it's here, and, and eventually nobody's going to even be in the car that's driving you. Hey, so. hey, hey the, the weigh in's coming up. Yeah, I don't know so how that's going to go. We should put money on it. I'm going 550. I'm going 485. Let's see. Let's see what the. She looks pretty nervous. I'd say she doesn't look as huge as you would think. Oh, her fiance. Ray. Did Ray cover that Wendy's cost? They're working up the drama here. It's like, I think scales work faster than this. <laughs> 658. Oh my, oh, my God. No way. I've seen people that are, oh, man. I've seen people that, are, that weigh a lot more than that on this show. 658? Or that though. look a lot more yeah. worse than that. Like, they aren't walking. They're in their bed, and they, have, they can't move. Yeah, she's moving around. 658. That's 658. a rough one. That's a rough one. You were, you were off by almost 200. That's a bad beat, man. <laughs> You're thing. off by almost 200 lbs. Jeez, I guess I'm, I'm not going to be a doctor anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> doctor Simpson. Jeez. Please. All right. So what we're going to do is this this uh, episode we're going to have uh, a little bit of Redskins OTAs and different mm-hmm. stuff of that nature. A little bit of touching on that uh, the Capitals Kuznetsov news that, are, that has come out over the last week, and then obviously most of the focal point of this show will be the Nationals. And also uh, take a look a little bit later. Uh, I'm going to cut up our clip of the week so you can guys can listen to it. It's going to be about less than 10 minutes or so. Uh, good clip we're going to have every single week now. Nice little uh, venture we're going to have now just to add more content for you guys out there. But again, Redskins, Caps, Nats, and our two-point conversion to round out the show. Ben, let's get this thing started. Let's do it. That's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. 
I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome, Pine Ponies. It is the DC crossover right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music. I am Mike Saroon. Alongside me, as always, Mr. Benjamin Simpson. And this is a home of DC sports, all four DC sports. Where we cover the Washington Redskins, the Washington Nationals, the Washington Wizards, and the Washington Capitals, and also sprinkling some DC United in there as well. Again, I am Mike Saroon. Alongside me is Mr. Ben Simpson. And Ben, after our pre-show banter there of uh, kind of silence for almost a minute there, <laughs> talking about my 600-pound life, Actually, we weren't even talking. We were just watching it. Uh, we actually are going to get to some, por- some, some sports here in the Washington, D.C. market. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not doing the uh, My 600-Pound Life podcast, even though that might, might not be a bad idea because I'm telling you, it's thrilling, yeah. thrilling, it's thrilling television stuff. there. But no, we'll, we'll get into some sports topics today. We got some D.C. stuff. We've, we've, uh, it's been a while. It's been a few weeks since our last episode, so we yeah. definitely got plenty to cover, including me getting blocked by Brian Mitchell. Oh, we'll talk about right. that in a moment. That's right. Because it's Redskins talk time. <laughs> He's back. Adrian Peterson is going to help him. Look at the 33-year-old Adrian Peterson. A 90-yard touchdown. And with that comes history for Is going to go down. This time, Jonathan Allen is around his legs. Six sack. He has started every game. The second year player out of Alabama. Washington Redskins starting their OTAs, which is actually a very good sign because we have to actually talk about something other than the Nats because the Nats aren't really playing too well, obviously, as of late. But the Washington Redskins getting back on the gridiron. A lot of the rookies reporting to OTAs. Uh, and we have some positives and some negatives. So out of OTAs, um, you know, we have one guy that we signed, which was a controversial move in Reuben Foster. And Reuben Foster, uh, coming out of San Francisco, obviously had a lot of those legal issues and stuff like that. All the charges were dropped in that. Uh, the, the domestic abuse cases and stuff like that. Uh, some other cases, obviously, we're not going to get into, but the domestic abuse cases have been dropped and all that kind of stuff. So Reuben Foster was not suspended by the league. And ended up saying, hey, this is going to be our starting middle linebacker. And uh, third play, on the third play of OTAs, uh, somehow he got stepped on, I believe, or he stepped on Tyler Catalina, the tackles. Uh, is he a guard or a tackle? I forgot. He's a lineman. Uh, he stepped on his foot uh, basically through, uh, you know, it was basically just like a walkthrough. Ended up actually tearing his ACL and also have has some possible nerve damage as well. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the right now, what I saw Ben was a, I think it was an eight to ten month uh, recovery time because he had successful surgery. Yeah, um, on Tuesday he and, had his uh, surgery. So, so I mean, typically it's a six to nine month, but I believe with the nerve damage, they're going to say okay, an eight to ten month, and we'll just go with that for now. Uh, we'll increase it a little bit because obviously the season hasn't even started, so he's going to be shooting for obviously next spring or not spring training, uh, next training camp mm-hmm. for the Washington Redskins if the Redskins want to sign him back. Uh, because obviously he was in the last year of his deal and whatnot. So 
Let's, let's, let's talk about this real quick uh, because right now in their 3-4 scheme, he's going to be the middle linebacker, but they have slotted uh, Sean Dion Hamilton in that spot uh, in the left inside linebacker right next to Mason Foster. Uh, so Sean Dion Hamilton, obviously another Alabama guy. He actually, I believe, played with Ruben Foster for a year and uh, at Alabama, so they know each other really well. And it, it was going to be really fun to watch. I, I mean, honestly, when you texted me that, because you, you found out first that they signed Ruben Foster in the offseason, and I actually was kind of thrilled about it. Uh, I wasn't thrilled about the legal issues, and I suspected that, he, okay, he might be gone for six weeks or whatever it may be, kind of like what Zeke Elliott was in Dallas uh, for his legal issues. Um, but I was like, hey, you know, if, if we have John Allen, we have Deron Payne, we have uh, Sean Dean Hamilton, some of these guys that are out there that played at Alabama and who are low-key, like Jonathan Allen, you know, one of the nicest guys you ever meet. Sure. And, and, and some of these guys that can keep him grounded. It might be a huge move for the Redskins to get this, you know, first former first round pick for the Niners. Uh, you know, this Pro Bowl caliber tackler who's a who's a Mike linebacker and just a guy that can go out there and give you, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl experience. Watching him on TV and on the gridiron each and every week, I was excited about it. You were a little optimistic at the at the time, but right now he's gone for the season, and this is almost a situation kind of like what we had with Junior Goulet a couple years ago when he got hurt in the offseason, tearing tearing his or uh, messing with his Achilles. And uh, basically, uh, they didn't give any, any production to us so far because we haven't played any games. But uh, the caliber he is compared to Galette is a totally different story here. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's, it's just so tough. And, and it just reminds you of, of what a brutal sport football is. It's yeah. just the fact that guys' seasons can be gone in, in, in one play of OTAs. I mean, we're not even talking training camp. We're talking OTAs. I mean, yeah. we're talking about pre-training camp. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things now with Reuben Foster where, it's, yeah, there was some controversy there, but the charges were dropped. And, you know, people were going to be coming around to that because um, he wasn't, again, he wasn't charged. He was originally charged, but the charges were dropped. He wasn't in trouble at that point. He was, you know, he was going to be an impact player for this team. And, uh, and just to have that happen. And, and the, whole, the, 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 the teaser that I mentioned before we started the segment, it was just Brian Mitchell on Twitter is having a discussion after Reuben Foster injury, talking about blaming the Reuben Foster injury on um, guys, the, on guys this, in today's <laughs> NFL being soft, um, which is just a bananas take, obviously. That's just an insane take. And so, I, you know, not, not, not to interrupt you, but you, sure. but you can put it this way where that's half true because those, look at Jimmy, or, uh, not, not Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Jay Cutler, you know, back when he got, you know, basically semi injured and, and he didn't want to play and all that kind of stuff. I understand where he's coming from with that take, but in this case, like you mentioned, it's it's kind of embarrassing because you, the non-contact injury of the guy you know tears ACL. How does that make him soft? Well, exactly, and that's what you know. We went back and forth a, a couple a couple tweets, and I didn't realize that B. Mitch as as tough of a guy he is. He can't handle a lot, and I didn't even say anything bad. We were just <laughs> talking uh, back and forth a little bit, and he immediately blocked me, which was pretty wild. I will yeah. say, dr- blocked the DC crossover account, which kind of sucks, but whatever. <laughs> we don't need B. Mitch on the show anytime soon. But but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's we have a lot of disagreements, especially with those injuries. Injuries, it's just like, like you said, they're non-contact injuries, and it's just unbelievable when they happen. Um, just one guy moves the wrong way, and, and, and the foot, and you've, you've dealt with that yourself on yeah. your end, and it's just, it's just crazy. So it really sucks. I mean, it doesn't take too much away from the Redskins as far as some of the excitement going into the season. That was kind of a big piece that we were kind of excited to see how this could play out, but I don't think it's a big enough loss 
where because we hadn't even really seen Reuben Foster play yeah. for the Skins, so you know it's not like you're yeah. going okay, we know what we're missing, we just won't have it at all. Yeah. So um, it's a downgrade for what we come to now with Sean Dean Hamilton, his yeah. injury injury concerns and whatnot. Sure, and he was a little bit later pick, anyways, in the NFL draft last year. So sure, you know. sure. I mean, it's not it's not Reuben Foster for sure, and that's kind of what this team was excited about. Um, but, you know, there's some other guys. You, that's just kind of the sport. So what stinks is the fact that this happens this early. Yeah. happens in week five. Okay, it happens. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll live with it. But the fact that it's happened so far out um, kind of just, just hurts that. But, but one last thing on the B-Mitch thing was just, uh, you know, yes, I think in certain cases players may have gotten softer. But I think in other cases, and in all sports, players are more athletic than they've ever been in the yeah. history of sports. Um, in every single sport. I mean, people complain about the NBA being softer because they don't allow so much contact fouls. Well, 30 years ago, the NBA did not have a guy like LeBron James or a guy <laughs> like Zion Williamson that is that big and can move the way they can move. Big yeah. men were big men, guards were guards. NFL, same thing. You know, you've got these big, brueling guys, which is great. And they're, you know, it, but at the same time, you know, the big lineman guys that, you know, 40, 50 years ago were just kind of big, fat guys that could play the position yeah. are now. Big fat guys that can run. I yeah. mean, look at Sean Allen. Look at some of these other guys. Like these linemen can run. These linemen Ron can Payne. move. Ron Payne's a ginormous dude. Exactly, and he can run probably a better forty than I can. Yeah. So you know, it's it's guys are more athletic than they've ever been because the training is better than it's ever been because of all the ways they can monitor things and measure things and the technology and all of that. So I think. At, at certain points, yes, I agree that a player that has maybe that 40 years ago suffers a dislocated shoulder or something or like a mild concussion 40 years ago, he's going back in that game and finishing that game. Nowadays, hey, maybe they're held out a little bit more, you know. But uh, So I get that side, like you said, with B. Mitch, uh, what he said. But I also yeah. think he's way off, and I think this is something that's very True. annoying that older players will say is, oh, the league's soft, the league's soft. It's, no, guys understand that they have a very finite amount of time to make their money in the league, and they understand they're one injury away from losing all of that. So, yeah, yeah maybe they're going to be a little more cautious about running back into a game where if they get cracked again, they could be done Well, look, career, look at this situation know? with Foster. He's coming into a, into a contract year. Mm-hmm. You know, his four, his four years are almost up, and he just got hurt for an entire Year. And that's that's going to hurt his financial opportunity to yeah. make money. It's, so. it, it, it just it just baffles me how when you texted me that I was kind of like you know at first I was kind of like this is stupid, <laughs> uh, but then all of a sudden uh, I mean on his end yeah obviously. yeah 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 but no. then but then I, I got to thinking about it and I was like okay I can see where he's coming from but at sure. the same time what you're saying is co- correct in the sense of you have these linemen out there that are running five three forties yeah. when you know twenty years ago these guys were running seven fives. Yeah, you know, it's, they're running like, you know, nothing. I mean, tougher. So toughness and athleticism are two very different things. Toughness. OK, are, are guys this year in the league today as, quote unquote, tough as maybe they were 20, 30 years yeah. ago? I think you could argue that maybe they're, they're, they're not as tough as the guys from back in the day. But totally are they more ath- athletic? Are they more athletic? Yeah, I'd say they're definitely more athletic than they were uh, back then. Uh, I think if B. Mitch played in today's NFL, I think he'd still be a decent player. But at the same time, I think he would have a tougher time than he'd be a jack. Had. He's just another guy. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just it's just it's just wild when those old old players say stuff like that in any sport because it's just like guys. Again, there's there's no LeBron James twenty years. Well, ago. Also, the sole fact that you look at it and say. You know, whenever some guy comes on the radio and says, just run the dang ball, you know, stuff like yeah. that, it's because that's how it was then. That's what yeah. they had to be tough yeah. because John Riggins is running it 42 times. Yeah, exactly. A game or something like that. You don't have that anymore no. because you have Chris Thompson's you got, out there. You got these shifty guys that are yeah. – I mean, 
you got a lot more. You can say you have a lot more fragile guys out there because they're sure. smaller. Sure. You know, so you have a guy out there, uh, you know, that's you know, kind of like you know, Mason Foster's. Obviously, he's slow, but you have him, a guy his size, uh, or anybody out there, like a Ray Lewis, something like that, out there, just pounding these small yeah. guys. You can't say, oh, they're not tough because you yeah. know s- somebody you know hit him and he got he got hurt. I mean, yeah, well, yes, it Roger, was just Ray, unbelievable that he said Ruben Foster tearing his ACL and LCL or whatever it was. Made him soft. Yeah. If that, I mean, and and he'd probably say, "Oh, I didn't say that," but that's kind of what you said. Yeah, it's what um, you said. It you, is. You put it, it out on social it media, is. and that's just unbelievable to say because it's like, and people were, and and I think everybody was in pretty much agreement that that's that was just like a crazy thing to say, yeah. to you, Mitch. Um, and that's also the funny thing is you don't have 140 characters anymore. You have a lot more than yeah. That to you've use. got a lot so to you, work with. You so. can't you can't say, "Oh, well, you took it out of context." And I only it was just funny because we went back and forth for like two tweets, and then I get the the message because it was weird because I tried to respond to another tweet, and I'm seeing like tweet to like. Why tweet unavailable? What's going on? And then I go to his page and it says blocked. Brian Mitchell has blocked you. And I go, what? Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? And then, and, and then you told me you blocked you, and I started laughing because I was like, you know, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna retweet it from my own account, Strong Sixteen. Yeah. And I retweeted him a, a rational take, something like that. Yeah. No response. No. Yeah. No response. And I tweeted JP Finley too, being like, your boy blocked me, man. Uh, he never responded to me either. But I get it. He's coworkers, like you told me that time. But whatever. I mean, again, Ruben Foster, it stinks. But there has been a couple shining moments out of OTAs. And namely, a guy who, when you and I talked about some of the draft picks, there was a guy that you had mentioned. I'll give you full credit. Thank you. You had mentioned, you were like, hey, there's a guy that people are talking about and are excited about. That's Jimmy Moreland. And all we're hearing out of OTAs is excitement about this kid. Yeah, Jimmy Moreland coming out of JMU. You know, people said he had such great – Whenever I watch the draft or whenever I hear about their picks, I always try to go to see, and especially when it's live, I like to go on uh, yeah. on TV and listen to what they have to say because obviously they get like a couple minutes to talk about the player and whatever. And some of these guys you don't hear about, like the guys in Alabama, or like mm-hmm. like like Ross Pierce Bacher or whatever the heck his name is with the <laughs> lineman out of Alabama. Like they're not going to hear about him because he's down in Alabama, he's a lineman and stuff like that. But a Jimmy Moreland guy, you know, he's in JMU. He's not even in the FBS. And the biggest thing you look at is he's a guy that everyone overlooked. I mean, he got picked in the seventh round. Uh, he's, he's 23 years old. So right there, you got to look at, and, and also his size, I think he's 5'10". So a cornerback that's 5'10", that's 23 years old, mm-hmm. you're not getting a guy that's, you know, uh, that's in the prime of his career at 21, 22, something like that. 23 years old is, in my standards, actually that's, that, that's pretty decent because you got a guy that's more developed. Because you see a lot of these guys go out there. Look at Jadavian Clowney. Like, he barely played in, 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 in his last year and stuff like that at USC, uh, South Carolina, stuff like that. So it's like you have to go through those growing pains in the NFL. But if you have a guy that's 23 years old, has the ball hawking skills like he does, and played for a team that played at the highest level in that division with, with JMU and stuff like that, and also played – he played other big schools as well. But – he actually had great stats in college. He had 18 picks in four seasons, which is pretty damn good. It's over four picks a season, uh, and uh, six of them were returned for touchdowns, which is pretty good. So he's got a little bit of speed as well. But what I've been hearing is that uh, that he's basically possibly going to be moved to safety with Landon Collins because if you go back to the Redskins' depth chart and you look at who's playing next to him right now, it's Monte Nicholson, your boy from Michigan State. Mm-hmm. The problem is Monte Nicholson, yes, he's a he's above-average player when he's out on the field, but his off-field antics and different stuff of that nature yeah. could, could keep him in question. Not been great. And they, they drafted Troy Apke, uh, which is not a great pick because they, they said he they reached on him last year out of Penn State. Very quick guy. He's mainly going to be probably a special teamers uh, type player, but Jimmy Moreland had three picks in practice. I don't know if they were all off of uh, Dwayne Haskins or not. I know one of them was. Uh, but 
they ended up calling him out. They said, hey, uh, I forgot who it was. I'm going to look at the article right now on Washington Times. Uh, someone called him out and uh, said, I think it was a defensive coach, uh, said uh, that there's a mouse in the house when uh, they didn't say the coach's name. Uh, but I, it might have been Jay Gruden, actually. I don't know. Uh, but it said they were referencing Jimmy Moreland, who's 5'10", going against uh, 6'4", uh, Brian Quick. So they went against it, and they yelled, mouse in the house, guys. And all of a sudden, Dwayne Hassett said, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this. And what happened, Jimmy Moreland picked it off and yep. ran it back for a 100-yard touchdown uh, in the red zone. So something else to look out for. He had three picks. And obviously, it's early. It's OTAs. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty much just going like head-to-head, different stuff of that nature. Sure. But you have to look at a guy, like I mentioned to you through text, as a uh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas has not a ton of, uh, of length and not a ton of height and whatnot. But he played at Texas. He was a corner at Texas. And then all of a sudden, he went to the Seattle Seahawks, you know, transformed into this great safety. And now he's a Pro Bowl guy. Just got signed, I think, by the, I believe, by the Ravens. And just now he's going to, you know, get all this money and all this kind of stuff. And he has, he's kind of this similar size. I'll have to get that for next week uh, as Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland, again, local guy out of JMU. JMU played in national championships, and he was in those national championships. And he's, uh, you know, he's a ball hawk. And that's what they, that's what they have. He has uh, okay hands and whatnot with, with his hand size and stuff like that. But if the guy could go out there and not be, you know, where they say, oh, the corner is, is the, the bad wide receivers in the league. You know, like, uh, for instance, uh, such as a, um, what's his name? Uh, it's down on my list right now. Uh, the, the, the Quentin Dunbar, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, you know, he used to be a wide receiver at Florida, but then they said, oh, why don't you come play corner for us? And they played corner for us. Now, he can catch because he used to be a wide receiver, but you have a guy that out there like Josh Norman who can't catch a beach ball, you know, <laughs> he can't play wide receiver. So hopefully Jimmy Moreland, who has a ball hawking skills, can go out there, get us a few picks in every, every, every you know, other game or something like that. You look at Monte Nicholson, you know, you don't know what's up with him. So Jimmy Moreland? Obviously, it's early on, but you never know. He could actually get thrust in that position, possibly. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see how this plays out. Again, it's early. I mean, OTAs are nothing to get too hyped about. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, any 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 good sign is. I mean, be good because Landon Collins yeah. is, a, is a in the box safety. He's in there for the run defense. If you have a guy back there like a mm-hmm. ball hawking type, like Jimmy Moreland yeah. is, Monte Nicholson's pretty good at that position too. Yeah, uh, with, with with the type uh, of the kind of like the center field type type player. But at the same time, you know, you, you it's, like you said, it's early. We'll see how it goes. But yeah. right now, he's shining early. Not a bad option. Not a bad option. Let's move from the skins to a. Little little controversy for the Caps. Oh, We're talking boy. Capitals hockey. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. We are talking Washington Caps, and it is June now. And the reason why we're talking about the Caps is not necessarily a great <laughs> reason, but a reason nonetheless. And that is Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, obviously, you've probably heard by now about the video uh, about uh, Kuznetsov sitting next to a table which with these two lines of white powder that are clearly not Kool-Aid. Uh, it's clearly... Uh, cocaine. Um, uh, and uh, the NFL, NHL rather, did clear uh, Kuznetsov um, the other day after they like read through the or, or watched the video. They did clear him. Um, the Caps have also, you know, released statements. Kuznetsov has released statements. So it's one of those things where, you know, yes, okay, he's not, he's not going to get in trouble for this. 
Um, we have no proof that he actually took any, co- uh, like, you know, yeah. snorted any coke. He was there, though, obviously, which is, you know, not great. Um, but, you know, I think it's one of those things where he's going to probably catch a lot of hell over the next, you know, year, you know, next season and so because of this. And people aren't going to for- just forget about this. Um, and you just, in my, <clears throat> I was talking to some people about this. You just got to be smarter. And I think, you know, you're, you're a young guy, NHL, you're a millionaire, um, you know, we're not going to BS on the show and say that these guys that we don't think any of these millionaire athletes uh, are around drugs <laughs> or, you know, other things. But, you know, I'm sure they are. But to, if you're dumb enough to get caught on video or have your buddy takes a video, next thing you know, it ends up on the Internet. That's something that's your fault. And that's something that you can control. And that's something you got to be on top of because it's all about image. And right now, I mean, again, there's a lot of young uh, Caps hockey fans who are asking their mom and dad, "What's going on with Kuzi's video? What what did yeah. he do wrong? What's going on here?" And it's Why not a good look. The news? Exactly, it's not a good look um, for Kuzi. It's not a good look for the Caps. This is a team that's mainly stayed out of controversy. Really, I mean, um, the NHL is one of those sports where you don't really have a lot of guys get into a ton of trouble off the ice. Um, and for the Caps especially, we're talking about guys like Ovi, who's literally just built to play hockey. And he does party when they win the Cup, but you aren't hearing about Ovi going nuts in the offseason when, you know, they're, when they're not um, and stuff like that. So this was a bad look for Kuzi, and definitely just it, just it sucks because you know that these other teams are going to be making fun of him all next season for it. Yeah, and, and the biggest thing that you have to look at with this situation is you know, he, he, he basically was the player of the, of the playoffs and when we yep. won the Cup. Uh, it was an argument between him and Ovechkin. Obviously, Ovechkin got it more more because it's a nostalgia type thing. Yeah. Uh, even though even though he d- did deserve it as well, but Kuznetsov, you know, having the game winner with Pittsburgh and also having the stats he did during that playoff run, it, it, it was something that everyone never, you know, ha- actually besides Ovechkin, haven't really experienced another superstar in our making. And this past year. Didn't really happen. It just, no, just, he it was, was. It was definitely you know, a step back. He, he was kind of. He was kind of injured a little bit, or he wasn't playing well. Or he just wasn't playing up to his potential. Different stuff of that nature, and it's just you know. And then you obviously have always the the KHL stuff with the Russian-born players that they want to go back there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever all that controversy is uh, with all the Russian-born players if they want to go back and play in Russia or whatever it may be. It's just. People wouldn't be saying too much about this if, you know, okay, you know, the Chargers would drop him like that, but people wouldn't be lingering on if he had a superstar caliber season last year. And the biggest factor you have to look into this is saying, is he really in this with the NHL and with the Capitals to, to, to play to his potential to be a superstar in this league? I mean, he's in his young 20s years. I mean, he, he, he led them to a Washington Capitals Stanley Cup run uh, two years, or I guess you could say a year and a half ago or two years ago, whatever you want to say, because the Stanley Cup's still going yeah. on this year. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, like you said, you have to be smarter than that. Obviously, he said in his statement that, okay, he saw this white powder substance and some unfamiliar women and all that kind of stuff, which is, I don't know what that makes any sense. <laughs> well, who cares about the women there? Uh, but it's like, if you see that, leave. Like, don't be sitting there FaceTiming, which obviously the video had him FaceTiming. I never watched the video, but I just heard about it. Like, yeah. Basically just had him there FaceTiming and stuff like that or whatever it was. Yeah, it was if you so see good. stuff like that, if you see Coke or something like that, okay, get out of there. Like, you have to just be smarter than oh, that. You can't so be, dumb, you can't man. be a, a moron like like uh, what's his name, Jameis Winston stealing crab legs or whatever yeah. the heck. It was like doing stupid stuff like that. Like when you when you're a public figure in this situation, mm-hmm. especially in the nation's capital, you got to be smarter than that. And, and and lucky for us, they his story basically matched up 
with uh, what the NHL and the Caps in, in, yeah. in, in, their, in their separate investigations had, mm-hmm. so they closed the case pretty quickly and didn't make this too big of a story because if it had if it lingered on, said, oh, like, it could have been oh, way he, worse. Yeah, it's like oh, so we have some other video from the hotel where yeah. he's, he's tripping around and he's, yeah, he's he, walking he, in with yeah. five prostitutes, yeah, and stuff doing, like that. doing something of that nature. So it's like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm I wasn't too thrilled hearing about it, but when they said it was closed, I was like, okay, that's not too terrible. But at the yeah. same time, you have to figure out and say, okay, this is a situation where you know it, he's not going to be in the good graces right now as he once was. No, and that's the thing. I think if you're a Caps fan, you got to be angry with him. I mean, you got to be angry, dude. What what do you care about? I mean, do you care about the team? And and look. You know, we, these athletes aren't obviously just going to eat, sleep, breathe their sport. They're allowed to go have fun. They're millionaires. They're allowed to go flash some cash. But obviously this goes beyond that uh, hotel room with prostitutes and coke. <laughs> um, but I think, honestly, in my eyes, if you're a pro athlete, you have this set amount of time where you know, you're here to you know, win as much as you possibly can, make as much money as you possibly can, and then you'll have the rest of your life to do whatever you want after that, yeah. after your career's done. But during your career, it should be about that. Be about your team and be about that sort of thing. And yes, you can go have fun with your family and blah, 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 but um, it's about not having minimal distractions. And exactly. Kuznetsov, who's 26, I mean, he's, he was born the same year I was in 92. He's a little older than me. And I guess he might have he turned 27 because um, it was May. So, yeah, he, he, so he's, he's 27. Oh, May, wow. May I, thought, I thought he was younger than that. No, he's... When I said young 20s. I thought I, I thought I was thinking like 24 or something. No, like he that. just turned 27 this <laughs> wow. year. And, Crazy. Uh, time which, flies. again, you would think you got to be smarter than that. Mm-hmm. And especially now in today's age where there's cameras everywhere, everybody's got a phone, uh, everyone's got cameras out nonstop. You cannot get away with anything nowadays. And so you just got to be smarter. I'd like it, to know how yeah. the KHL would handle that. Yeah, I like that. Know. I would like to know something like that, like how they would handle that, because it could be a regular thing over there. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. How, how how is it? Because that's that's another risk you take with having internationally born players. Yeah, which something in, in their country, such as like a Russia or even in MLB, where you have guys from you know South America and different stuff like that. Something sure. over there could be you know just you know something lenient, like a slap on the wrist. Yeah, but like I that. think Russia takes drugs pretty seriously. Yeah, I think they they're. Well, I'm they're, sure they take cocaine seriously. Obviously, yeah, but I think they're they're pretty. Strict. I'm just talking about overall things, you know. Sure, but I think they're they're pretty strict about a lot of things over there, sure. like even more than we are. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I think I think it's one of those things where again, like we, you and I are both saying the same thing. They, they got to be smart. You yeah. got to be smarter. It's it just it's a distraction um, from from your team, and, and especially if you're coming off of a pretty bad season. It does. It's not making things any better for you yeah. as as the player. So exactly. we'll see. I mean, again, there shouldn't be any more with that story for now. He's been cleared. Just want to touch on. It I'm sure. Quick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it's one of those things where I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of crap from opposing fans. Oh, cokehead koozie. Uh, all <laughs> I just patented that. So uh, cokehead we'll, koozie. We'll, we'll see kind of how that plays out. Um, with a K. Let's move on to a team that is again up and down. The roller coaster continues. It's the Nats. Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. Swing and a long drive. Deep left field. Going, going. Charlie Slows, the co-voice of the Washington Nationals on 106.7. The fan had a new partner this yeah, week. Yeah, they did some shuffling. Obviously, Bob Carpenter was out this week uh, against the Atlanta Braves and also the Cincinnati Reds, who they just won the series against in Cincinnati. And they had Pete Medhurst of 106.7 The Fan, also the voice of 
the Naval Academy, yeah. sitting in for Dave Jagler, who was sitting in for Bob Carpenter on the TV side, which, again... God, Jags is so good. I, that's, also, that's the same exact it's, same I thing. Mean, <laughs> and I, here's the thing. I like Bob Carpenter. Yeah. I do like Bob Carpenter. I do think... I don't like FP. You and I both have talked about that. But... I think Dave Jagler is better than Bob Carpenter play by play. I think he was. It's it's a better. I think he just puts out a better vibe. I think um, he NFP. I mean, the chemistry's fine there. I think you know it wasn't like it was incredible, but I think I just think Dave Jagler as a play by play man is just so smooth and yeah. so good, man. Yeah, it's just. I mean, Charlie Slows is great too. They could have easily brought him up, and he would have done. They've done that before too. Yeah. I know that. Um, but I've yeah, heard that one. But yeah. Jags is Jags is solid. It's just. I mean, people have said it, and we said it on the show countless times, that when you listen to the radio, and you and I both being in the broadcasting business as well before, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not obviously not as successful as they are, but when you look at it, the radio, you have to paint the picture for everybody else. Because when you're watching on TV, they can see what's going on. So you're basically just talking and BSing about what's going on. But when you're on radio, you have to sit there and you know basically give someone... Uh, you know, feelings to feel and a paint and a picture to look at. Sure. So that's why when you see Dave Jagler, when I say feelings, Dave Jagler and Charlie Slows on the radio calls, they sit there and they're saying like, you just have to make that play. You just have to do it. Like they're basically kind of saying stuff, how we're feeling. And because they're kind of fans of this team too, they've been here for over a decade. So it's like, you have to go into it and say, these two guys, Dave and Charlie, are two of the best and two of the top-notch guys in the entire Major League Baseball in the radio business. But yeah, they really are. Basically, that was uh, it. Was fun to see. Obviously, that just concluded. Yeah, Medhurst did good as well. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it, I, I, I saw some clips. Like did. I saw some of the clips. Same. I saw I saw a couple, and clips. I read an article about it. And and yeah, I think he. It sounded like he's he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he said good it was his dream. So it, it was actually pretty cool during the Atlanta game on the twenty eighth. Uh, one of the PR staff actually came up and gave him the lineup card and the yeah. game. Ball, uh, and uh, which was actually pretty cool. And they that's, authenticated something that's like that. Sick. So, um, but yeah, this team, this team, Mike is. I mean, especially with the win today, yep. seven of their last ten. Yeah, I mean, our last episode was on the 19th, I believe. Yep. And, uh, and then they oh, went into a brief <laughs> tailspin. Uh, I told you, and I specifically said uh, that out, out of these next seven games, uh, they have to win at least five. Uh, or excuse me, eight games against the Marlins and the and the Mets. They have to win at least six. And of course, they lose their first four, Chuck. and they get swept by New York. Which that New York team was just embarrassing. I mean, yeah. we didn't score a lot of runs, obviously, but we let in a lot of runs. And a lot of it was due to the bullpen and different and errors and getting picked off left and right. And all it was just embarrassing. And honestly, I told you before in text messages. Uh, obviously, you know the Phillies aren't going to play the Dodgers every single weekend, so we're hoping they lose tonight out in LA, but. At the same time, I still said that that New York series was pretty much the series we had to at least win two, if not, uh, you know, win the series. And when we got swept and we lost, you know, three of the four games by two runs or less, you cannot have that against a team that their best player is Robinson Cano and he's getting benched for not playing hard. It's like, and they're also, before that series, their manager was on the verge of getting fired. And that's what I, 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 I said it the other day, too. That this this managerial staff, I guess you could say, uh, in the Nats organization with Davey Martinez at the helm, he, he just doesn't have that that killer mentality. Like Joe Madden is out there kicking dirt and he's and he's cussing and he's doing all this kind of stuff, and he learned under him. But when you see Davey Martinez in a game, I forgot exactly which one it was that he went out there and got thrown out. It's like 
where has that been all year? Like, where is yeah. that fierceness? Like, and, and I heard someone say it on the radio saying, like, well, if you're not going to do it in the clubhouse, you might as well do it on the field. Well, that's, that's not going to help us. You know, it's like, yeah, they had a little spurt after that on the game, at, at the game, but I believe that was the seventh inning where he went out there and ended up doing all that stuff. And it's mm. like, you have to get out there and give, give us, again, as, as I said before, give us a reason to believe in you because you're not showing us any emotion, not giving uh, us anything, basically, as a fan base. Uh, to know that you're in control of the situation. If you lose, uh, if you get swept by the Mets, okay, maybe they had a great series or whatever. But they didn't score over six runs the entire series, and I'm talking about the Mets. We didn't score over five runs. We only scored uh, uh, three, five, one, and four against a Mets ball club, which literally sucks. Now I understand if you're you know, pitching against Syndergaard or Degrom, they have you know ace outings. That's one thing. But Steven Matz and different guys like this, they suck. Like those guys are not good. They're injury prone, and this team in general, the New York Mets. Is probably is probably on the same level as the Miami Marlins. Honestly, Miami swept New York the series before that. So you're looking at it and saying, "What are we doing here?" Because I said specifically, and I said it again, that this series against the Mets, the 20th through the 23rd, that four game series, basically almost wiped out our entire season because the Phillies aren't going to struggle like this the entire se- uh, season long. And if you have to catch up to the Phillies and stay put with them. It's going to be tough to, to try to get out of this hole. But, look, I mean, lately we've been doing all right. We won a two out of three series against the Cincinnati. Obviously, that concluded a couple hours before we started doing this uh, this podcast. Um, and then, obviously, we beat the Braves. That was a, a nice one, 14 to 4. Uh, and then, obviously, we won three out of four against Miami. So you're looking at it and saying, okay, it's Miami. And then they beat the Braves, which was good. But yeah. then they come back on the 31st. And I guess I don't know why I got so pissed at this. I mean, I, obviously, it's, just, it's understandable. Uh, when you win 14 to 4, two days later, 48 hours later, you you, you get pummeled uh, with one of your aces on the mound. Now, obviously, yeah. obviously, Patrick Corbin, you can have a bad outing, but when you go out there and Juan Soto is like one of the only guys that actually hit the ball, it's like you're, you're playing a guy that has a 4-5 ERA and has literally is averaging, I think it's averaging five strikeouts an outing. It's the, the, the pitcher they had on the mound, is like, I think his name is May, Molly or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, Tyler Molly. And, yeah. and basically, he goes out there and had like eight strikeouts in the first three and a half innings or whatever. <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you let that I happen? Know, I watched that whole stupid game. It was, it was rough. Yeah, it's seven of their last ten, um, which is a good sign. Uh, and, and the fact that, like you mentioned, I mean, the Phillies are playing the Dodgers <sighs> and all this stuff. And so the Nats currently, as of recording this podcast, heading into the week are 26-33, and 33, still seven and a half games back. Philly still leads the division at 33-25, Atlanta 32-27, and 27, the Mets 28-30, and 30, and the Nats 26-33. and 33. Um, and then the Marlins behind them at 20 and 36. So, you know, it's, I'd say I, this is, it's, it's, it's a good sign of what's happening lately. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll take these wins. I do think the, 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 the two-game sweep over Atlanta was pretty impressive. I mean, that's I'll something that, Atlanta's a really good ball club. And especially the big 14-4 to four one um, in, the, in the second game. You know, that's, that's something that you don't really have. This, this team doesn't really do that all the time. Um, of course, Sanchez has a great outing when we score 14 runs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, shocker. Um, so, you know, the Miami, that's a team you're supposed to beat. I mean, they're the worst team in the division. You have to take – a sweep would have been better, um, but they're yeah. taking three out of four. Okay, I'll take that. Atlanta, that's not bad. Cincinnati, you go to Cincinnati. Again, that's not a good team. Winning two or three. I like that. I mean, these are all good signs uh, for what's going to happen. But I think – so my hope for the Nats as far as this season goes hovers around 5 to 10%. As far as like, do the, do I think they have a shot of, of pulling off an, a miraculous comeback for the season? Yeah, 
if if they spend the next couple of weeks and and, and in June if ends up being a fruitful month for them, that might that might increase. They've got some tough competition coming up. I mean, they've got four game series with the Padres. They've got Arizona. They've got Philly for a huge Philly and Atlanta for four games against Philly and three games in Atlanta in June. That's humongous. If they if they drop those series, you can basically put the fork in them. And How many say you, said, you said? Four against Philly. Four against Philly. Three against Atlanta. Okay, so you got seven. So you, in have to, June. you have to think you have to win at least four, if not five. There, you got to. You have to. And if you don't, then you know. Again, you can have hope, but it's just baseball just doesn't work like that. Baseball. Yeah, yeah. Some people are wondering. Well, yeah, if Atlanta wins or if Atlanta loses seven games in a row and the Nats win seven games in a row, we're right back in this thing. Yeah. It just doesn't happen like that. Um, but I like what I'm seeing lately. It's fun. I'm still I'm still engaged with this team, Mike. But I do think if July hits and we're suddenly ten ten and a half games back, it's going to be tough for me to watch them every day. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at this division right now. It, it, it comes down to can the Nats gain games when they need to. This is a prime series where you had three games against the Cincinnati Reds and Philly is out in L.A. playing pretty much arguably the best team in the NL. Yeah. And when you're looking at it here and you're saying you're playing a team that is fourth – or excuse me, last place in their division with the Reds. Yes, they yep. won 27-32. Their record's not terrible. The run differential is pretty good, at plus 36. But at the same time, you're playing a team that's easily – easily I can't even talk – easily winnable – and yep. it's and you're playing in a ballpark where you can hit home runs, you can hit you know long long drives, all this kind of stuff in the Great American Ballpark. But you go out there and you win two out of three. Now I'm glad that they won today with Max in the mound. Finally, yeah, Max. And but they had <laughs> the only way they won is because Max pitched his ass off. Yeah, you, yeah, you can say it. Uh, and and that's the thing is that you're you're just looking at this division. And everyone's you know five and five in the last ten for Philly, <laughs> five and five for the Mets, five and five for for, for Miami, and, and six and four for the for the Braves, and that includes. Uh, the Nats two-game sweep of them. But no one's really lighting, lighting the world on fire. The Braves right now are plus eight in run differential. And here's a good stat from MajorLeagueBaseball.com. So they have this thing called an expected win-loss record based on runs scored and runs allowed. It's the first time I've actually looked at it. And it's right now saying that the Nats, even with a minus 20 run differential, they should still have won two more games right now expected than, they, than their record shows right now at 26. Yeah, they should, they, they say really should. They expected two more wins with their run differential as of right now. And every other team, Ben, every other team in the NL East is below. The expected win-loss with their run differential right now is below what their record is right now. So the, the Philadelphia Phillies, the 33-25, and 25, the expected win-loss uh, based on their run differential is 32-26. and 26. So right there, it's a, you're seeing these teams win some ball games. Maybe they shouldn't have uh, with run differential. But at the same time, now obviously I don't know how if you want to take that stat for what it's worth. I think it's actually pretty interesting. But you're looking at it and saying the Nats right now seven and a half games back. Obviously, if you're listening to this on Monday, you'll know if they're either eight or they're seven games back. Obviously, because Philly's playing later in the night. But right now they're you know six games behind Atlanta because Atlanta won today. Uh, but at the same time, you have to look at this upswing and say, all right. Are we gonna are, are we gonna have this be the trend where yeah are we gonna you know, turn this we're, start, into we're gonna start you know? winning some series we're gonna start winning some series we're gonna start doing some things because coming up you got the the pitiful White Sox but obviously I mean I don't know if Luke, Lucas Giolito might be pitching for that oh, possibly uh, no he just pitched today and had like a killer line no he's doing incredible yeah of course. for them which of course uh, is great to see <laughs> uh, it took him a little while to get there but you know he, yeah he, but this year still. is his breakout year yeah you got Strasburg and Ronaldo Lopez another former Nat um, uh, and then you got Anibal and and Covey. 
going okay. on 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 that game. And but then you got a West Coast swing at, at you know at San Diego. Yeah, and that's the White gonna be Sox tough. Again, that's so. gonna be tough. The Padres series is gonna be. Uh, I mean, that's that's gonna be a tough four games. But the good the good thing that we're looking at here, Mr. Simpson, is that. On the 12th of June, obviously we're getting a little ahead of ourselves right now, but on the 12th of June is their off day, okay? Then they got three games against a winnable uh, Diamondbacks team, and then obviously, or four games, excuse me, and then you have uh, right there, starting a new week fresh, you got the four-game series against the Phils, and a three-game series against Atlanta. And all these games are home. Exactly. So you have no excuse whatsoever, no excuse after an off day, right there on the 12th, Mm -hmm. and you have kind of, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, warm-up games against Arizona, uh, which they're not a pushover, but they're not great as as a whole. But then you look at Philly and, like you said, Atlanta right after that. So they have no excuse to, uh, but to go out there and try to win at least five of those ball games. I mean, you're at home for what is that? Twelve days or something like that. Like yeah. you're you get to sleep in your own bed. You know, you're you get that break before the series, break after the series. Like you said, if this is a Ball club that wants to make anything out of this season that that's probably the biggest home stand of the year. Yeah, I think if we look at that, and and it's not, I don't think it's even an overreaction. I think if we look at that home stand, especially if the Nats put together a few good couple weeks, um, I think that is the biggest group of games that this team will have this season because that can make or break the, their season really. Because think about this: let's say they they do win uh, a, you know some games against Chicago and they pull off some games against San Diego and next thing you know that seven and a half games back turns into four or five and a half games back then those games mean even more yeah um, so that that could be a pretty big time for them well, I'm for hoping sure. I'm hoping with those two series before the the 24th which is their following off day 12 days later I'm hoping that they can actually be within maybe we'll say I don't know if it's a long shot maybe there's six game within six games I would <laughs> yeah. say I would say five and a half something like that that's a, that's kind of what I'm shooting for in that situation yeah. which obviously it's not a huge stretch right now oh. um, because if they, say they get on a run you never know um, but the biggest thing is that you need to hopefully win at least the Phillies thing is the biggest thing because right now uh, when you look at the standings obviously Atlanta uh, one and a half games back of Philly so right now you have to put the precipice on Philadelphia that series if you go out there and split two and two you don't gain any ground so you have to hope that you have to win three out of that one and then of course like I said the five out of those seven comes from two against Atlanta so you'd hope that you can at least you, you get maybe get, basically got one game leeway in both those series yeah. um, but and then the you Phillies got just made, sorry real quick the Phillies just made a move they just uh, got Jay Bruce the other day Ah. Um, so they're they they again. This is a team that is. I mean, from the moves they made last year and the moves they're making this, they're all in. The Phillies yeah. are expecting a World Series run this year, and they're making moves. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Nats <laughs> bring in our boy Fernando Rodney, forty yeah. uh, something year old. Forty, I think he's forty two. Forty two year old. I remember seeing him pitch for Detroit in two thousand and six. <laughs> I think uh, you were what like six years old then. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's and they brought in Javi Guerra and they brought in. Um, Johnny Ventures, yeah. the Nats have. Uh, Rosenthal is back. Aaron Barrett's pit pitching in, Again, in minors Rosenthal. as well. I don't understand yeah. why he's back. It makes zero sense to me because you're making these moves yeah. like that. Why Are you thinking that he should be in there with all these other veterans you're bringing in or something? I just don't understand. It's unbelievable. So the, the Rosenthal <laughs> stuff is fascinating because I get – I get the weird thing with him is – so and you and I have I just can't believe this is, you know – you, you, you brought him in on the contract for this year, taking a chance on him. This happens all the time. A big league club will take a chance on a veteran guy. Yep. I'll bring him put it, uh, from spring training, let him try it out, and, uh, and then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And the Nats, for some reason, 
for some unknown reason, have decided that they are going to give Trevor Rosenthal 50 chances because they brought him uh, He started at the beginning of the season, sucked ass for a month. Everyone in the organ, he had an infinity ERA for weeks. An infinity ERA. You and I could get an infinity ERA. It's really not hard. Right. You just have to do terrible. All you do is pitch a ball. Trevor Rosenthal. And so they said, all right, Trevor Rosenthal, Here's what's going to happen. We're going to send you down. You're injured. You're injured. Yeah. You're injured. You get that virus after you're healthy We're going to send you down to the minor leagues. You're going to figure it out. He goes down to the minor leagues. He doesn't figure it out, Mike. He's throwing balls over batters' heads. He's throwing things to the backstop. Like He's four, walking three down. days ago. <laughs> literally, literally, he, we, you and I saw a video on Twitter of Did you watch Rosenthal. the video I texted you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of Rosenthal throwing the ball all over the place. And then we get the notification. He's coming back up to the ball club. It's like who, no explanation. Who's watching that video and deciding he's ready? <laughs> he's ready. He's 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 back. Trevor Rose. Trevor's back. It's, right, it's Dave, Davey, said, Davey said that they have to. Uh, I, th- I think they said. Uh, what did they say? Um, it's astounding. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. No, I it's th- just. I, I thought I had it at the top of my head. It's unbelievable what the Nats have handcuffed themselves to do. Because here's the thing. There's no prospects. The Nats have no prospects. Yeah. So they can't make trades right now for, for better pitchers. So what they have to do is sign these uh, the misfit toys that have been cast out by all these other teams, and the Nats have to say, hopefully they can work out. Uh, I got it right here. Yeah. So Brittany Giroli, do you ever yeah. call her? Yeah. Um, she used to cover, obviously, the O's. Now she covers the Nats, yeah. the Athletic. She said, no real news from Davies. Zim may start... Uh, yeah, here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was a wrong tag. I'll tweet here. Sim may start running soon again. Who cares? Uh, and then Rosenthal threw today, and Davey said he looked good. Needs the finishing touches, which which is what Rosenthal said to me yesterday. Okay, honestly, why do you need to have finishing touches? He threw great bullpens when he was up here, and then all of a sudden he goes out Anybody the can he, throw a great bullpen. I mean, it doesn't matter. You can look... Yeah, you can do great in, in batting practice. You can do great in the bullpen. You could do great shooting free throws when nobody's there. But if the lights are on and you're on the mound and you can't throw strikes, you don't get to play in the major leagues. His, his last outing, I believe, when we watched that video, I think he had two hits batters, uh, one walk, two singles, I think one earned run, and then like one strikeout or something like that. It's like... That is the you just hit every stat category on majorleaguebaseball.com. Like, but that's the thing is again, if you can't do the job, you just don't get to be in the league. That's just how it works. You know, you've been around the block for a long time. I mean, you think Fernando Rodney? You think if if he comes in and he can't pitch well, that the Nats won't just say sayonara? Like you, you know, is, this was worth a shot. No, of course they're going to do that. Same thing with uh, Johnny Venters. That's it's what they already did with that other guy they brought in. I was forget the Danny name. or something. Yeah, like that, Danny, or? Danny Williams or Danny. Dan, it was like it was like Dan Jennings. Jennings, or Jennings. Like they yeah. brought in Dan Jennings. He couldn't he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. They said, "See ya. Here's your bus ticket. <laughs> See you, buddy." Um, you know, it's been fun. It, but for Trevor Rosenthal, for some reason, has. Mike Rizzo and David Martinez are in love with this man. I mean, they are allocating a lot of money to him, but why don't you... I know he's got long hair. Like he's, he does, he's not a woman. Why, <laughs> I don't know why they're so in love with him. <laughs> why can't, yeah, that's a good one. Why can't you just get keep him down there and not have to sacrifice a game or something like that by putting him in there? It's like, crazy. What are you going to sacrifice him by like saying, okay, here, we're, we're going we're gonna, to you know, bring you in here, and if you walk somebody or you can't hit, you can't hit a strike, then we're going to take you right out after that. Why, why waste a batter on him? 
it's, makes it's, zero sense. It makes zero sense, and it's and it's ridiculous, and it's something that is infuriates Nats fans. And look, I get it. You bring in Johnny Ventures, you bring in Fernando Rodney, you give them their shots. If they pan out, great. You, that, that works. You already gave Trevor Rosenthal his shot. Yeah. You gave it his shot. It didn't work out. That's fine. That's yeah. what happens. And for some reason, they just refuse to let that be the case. Yeah. Right now, they are at 174 innings pitched, which is as a bullpen, by the way. Yeah. Uh, which is the lowest by almost three innings to Minnesota, who is also leading the division, and Houston, who is uh, five, pretty much five innings away from Houston, who is also leading the division, and the Dodgers, who are at 180 and, and lead their gr- division. tank the Dodgers so, are. Yeah. And then you look at... <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then you look at their ERA, 6.85, which uh, to the next team down, which obviously is uh, one of the worst teams in baseball, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, who have pitched 230 innings, so that's almost 60 innings more. Uh, They're still over one ERA worse than the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. The bullpen's been better of late. But that's because guys are throwing 150 pitches and not letting the bullpen even pitch. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Corbin had to pitch a complete game to not screw that up. Uh, and you see, their 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 starting staff, even with Hellickson and Sanchez's ERA, is at 3.81. Yeah. Seventh in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Seventh. And, and that, for a team that's, that's in two guys, fourth place, that's what two, that's what two guys who have over four ERAs or over five. Yeah. I don't even know what their ERA. So looking now. ahead for the Nats, I mean, I think. You know, we're, we're about to enter June. June's, a, you know, every month is crucial in, in baseball, but this is going to be the third full month of the season, and the Nats are still in fourth place in their division. But I, I'd say it's not hopeless right now. There's still a shot. If they were over 10, 10 games out, then I'd, uh, heading into June, you'd probably go, you know what, I don't know if this is going to be the thing. But they're seven and a half back, I think, and so they're still in, in, in contention. They're still in the race. Um, it's a very tough NL East, like we've talked about. I mean, it's going to take a lot for a team to win that division. Um, I think the Nats have got to pass um, uh, the Mets. They've got to get past the Nets. They've got to get into the top three they of the get division. Because yeah. the Mets are a garbage team and I don't know, a garbage organization, and I don't know how they've won baseball games. <laughs> so <laughs> Seriously. The Nats just need to pass them and then let it be a three-team race like it was supposed to be all along. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays hey, out. One guy we have to look out for though is yeah. Juan Soto. Juan Soto finally, yeah. after having that so much, or after having so much struggle uh, in the, in the early going of this season. So in his last thirty games, he has one hundred fifteen at bats, thirty seven hits. He's, he, he's hitting three twenty two. He has seven bombs, twenty four RBI, sixteen walks. He has thirty two strikeouts, but still, that's that's not yeah. terrible. But it's it's not it's not that great. But he's he's getting those strikeout numbers down. So, because you look at it, his last 15 games where he's heated up a ton, he's hitting 421. He only has 13 strikeouts uh, in those 15 games. Yeah. So, he's averaging under a strikeout a game, which is pretty and difficult. He's got, like, a streak going still, right? He's yeah. at 15 games. Uh, I think, or no, did I, it end? I think it ended uh, yesterday. Yesterday, okay. Yeah, he went over, yeah. over for four yesterday. But uh, still, in his last three games, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, in his last three games, he's, he's four for 12. So, uh, you, can't, you can't take that away from him. But at the same time, it's like, you know, He's 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 hitting the cover off the ball. He's hitting 421 yeah. right now. Uh, he's he's actually uh, playing his best ball because I, I I need to get that stat back up because I found out uh, I might have retweeted or something like that. If you can find, it. I don't know if you can or not. Right, real quick, but he played 162 games. I believe is yesterday or the day before, dating back from last year. So they finally got a sample side from him, mm-hmm. and he hit over 30 home runs, like 107 RBIs, and he was hitting like I think 292 or something like that. In 162 games, they finally got a season worth sample size from him, 
And it's it's just something you got to look at and say, wow, this guy is going to be you know the next superstar because he is. Yeah. What they're trying to do now. Obviously, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. At age 20, he's still young enough to learn a new position. And right now, they're trying to see if he can go he's and not play. not an outfielder, I'll he, tell you yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. If he can go play first. That would be fantastic. Which would be great because, number one, you're not paying him a lot of money for the next, like, you know, million years because he's still uh, so young. He's yeah, he's going to be under, under rights for, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and then, excuse me, and then, then you have him possibly move to first base because Zim comes off the books next year, which, by the way, I heard Grant Paulson say that he would bring back Zim for a, a, a few million dollars for next year uh, to be, you know, a streaky hitter or something like that uh, and come off the bench for once. And I was like, no, thank you, please. No. Just just, just end that, please. End that misery. End my misery, please. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously they have, you know, Matt Adams, who who is who could be a backup as well, but that's besides the point. Right now they're looking at Juan Soto possibly moving to first base next year, but we're just mentioning his uh, his offensive stats right now because I remember back he was what two thirty two or something like that or two thirty five uh, a couple weeks ago or whatever. Now all of a sudden he's shot up because he had that I think it was a fourteen game hit streak or something like that. And right now his twenty nineteen stats he's hit two ninety three, ten home runs, thirty eight RBIs. His, his, his on base percentage is almost four hundred. I mean, so overall you just got to look at this guy and say if he can stay hot. With Anthony Rendon, who Anthony Rendon, I believe, went three for four today. If those two could stay hot and yep. maybe alternate three and four batter, because yesterday that's what they did too. They put Soto at number three, um, which I don't think that you should you should change something that's working for you, um, which I think is kind of stupid, by the way. But either or, uh, Trey Turner can steal some bases. Adam Eaton can stop making mistakes on the base paths and in the field. They got a good shot, like you said, to, to get back in here and ho- hopefully put the Mets in their place and tell them to go back down to the bottom feeders. And real quick, I mean, if you if, 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 if you care to know the difference between his numbers and Harper's numbers, um, again, Harper... Heating up a little bit as of late. Harper has... Uh, let's see. he his, He's got... 11 home runs, so one more than one. 43 RBI, just five more than one. Um, no, he's five less than one. Five, uh, yeah. No, Juan has 38, but Harper's got 40. Uh, no, no, you're right. Yeah, Harper. <laughs> I'm looking at, there's so many freaking numbers on this thing. Yeah, so Juan Soto has 30. What, how many? What, what am I looking at? <laughs> what stat was I even just talking about? RBI. RBIs. Okay. You so said, you said Bryce th- Harper has 43 RBIs. Juan Soto has 30. <laughs> okay. You said, okay. You said 33. Sure. No, no. I, I was like, hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> Average wise, Harper's batting 252. Not James Holzhauer here from Jeopardy. Yeah. 252 with a 366 on base percentage. Juan Soto's 293 with a 394 on base percentage. Um, So, you know, it's just worth noting that. Soto has basically heated up to a, you know, to burn, like on a a burner, for instance, on the stove. He's up to nine. Harper's up to maybe a five or six right now. Yeah. It's one of those things where. Slowly but surely. If you're a Nats fan and you're like, okay, you know, we don't have Harper anymore, I mean, Juan Soto's number are pretty darn good. He's giving you uh, good, good and he, production. And he's definitely turning it on now. So, you know. Just think about it. If Victor Robles somehow turns it on a little bit, then you'll be like, oh, my gosh, like this is going to be insane. So, I mean, I just can't wait to see if they can come back in this situation and make, make it a good season. Uh, I told you before, I think my worst fear right now, which we'll get to that maybe next next week, sure. is uh, is having David Martinez like keep his job or something of that nature. That's I don't know, a problem I, to be just good enough for David to keep e- his job. Exactly. I don't know. Even if they make the playoffs, I don't know if they'll come back and, and, and keep his job because of all the mistakes and the outrage and different stuff of that nature. But we'll have to see on that that, that yeah. note. But as, as a whole, like you said, you know, Juan Soto, he's given the same production pretty much, if not better production, than Harper is. Uh, but our next week's games, um, are while uh, actually it's going to be good, dude. If we record on Sunday next week, we can actually watch the game while we're recording because it starts sure. at 4, which there is going to be nice. Um, so that's going to be uh, fun to do. So they got the off day tomorrow, the 3rd. 
And they got the White Sox, White Sox at home. And then they obviously have uh, a road trip to San Diego, and they play the White Sox again. So before they play the crucial 17th of June game against the Phillies, they play three teams in total, the White Sox, the Padres, and the Diamondbacks. The two teams in there are very winnable mm-hmm. uh, as, as they have eight games in there. So they have a total of 12 games in total against those three teams. So you'd have to hope. I mean, we could put this our, our prediction in, the, uh, prediction in there. They'd ha- you'd have to hope they have to win eight of those 12 maybe. Because I mean, yeah. you got to start chipping away as well to get back to 500. Yeah, as well. you got you can't play 500 ball. That's the thing. You have to yeah. play, uh, you know, 750 or something like that you gotta, type you ball. Gotta, you got to make a run here at some point. Yeah, so that's 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 what has to happen for sure. But you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how this plays out. There's still time. I mean, we've talked about it. Technically, history is against this team. I mean, no team has had a, this bad a record through 50 games and come back and win a division. Um, now, that doesn't mean it can't happen. That just means that nobody has done it before. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 it's meant to be broken, but we'll, we'll kind of see. At least give us something to watch. Yeah, give please. Us something to salvage please something give like us that. something to watch because there's nothing worse than having your team be out of it by the time that July hits. And then you realize you have all of July all of uh, August and all of September of baseball of bad baseball because there are your teams out. And I heard I heard that the Nats got the seventeenth pick in this draft, I believe. Yeah. Uh, which they said there's not a lot of pitchers out there, so they're not going to go get like a Steven Strasburg or something like that. Obviously, uh, but they're going to try to go get a, a new bat. They're they're looking yeah. at I think they were looking at a, a catcher, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Well, uh, so we'll have to see about we'll that. See. But um, going into our last segment of episode, what episode is this? Episode thirty two. It beats me. I'm going to check it out. Uh, so our next episode, obviously, uh, is going to be – I'm trying to stall right now. Um, I think it's episode – I can th- cover for yes, you. Yes, oh. episode 32. I was wow. right. Wow. That's impressive. Uh, that's a very impressive. Um, anyways, thank you. Pat on my own back. Um, we're going to get into the two-point conversion right now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're going to end with your two-point conversion. Sure. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to note this real quick. Yeah. That uh, Cubs hitter, Chicago Cubs hitter Albert Almora Jr., uh, was in anguish on Wednesday night in Houston. Uh, obviously, this is last week uh, because one of his line drives uh, found that that was a foul ball struck a young toddler. Um, I believe she was okay, but uh, that ended up sparking the controversy. Not really a controversy, but the 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 notion of it was a pretty big. No, I, I'd say I put it in the controversy category because okay. it was very heavily talked about yeah. on Twitter. Basically, uh, I don't know if if you've been to a, a ballpark as of late. They have the nets that go all the way around. Now, they used to be just around, you know, until the dugouts and whatnot, because mm-hmm. trust me, uh, I had some connections where I sat right the first four seats behind Nats Park and the Nats dugout. So the net was not there when it was first starting to open up. Yeah. But then they extended it all the way, I believe, past the dugout and maybe in line with first base. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what the dimensions are. But they want to actually bring up the discussion, should they be extended, the nets, all the way to the foul pole? Now, I have a I have an interesting take on this now, sure. in my own opinion, because um, I've talked to myself about it. Um, I haven't really talked to Jen because she doesn't care. Um, <laughs> but uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this before I get to my point. Sure. So I, in my eyes, I mean, I'm not like anti-netting, um, but I do think having netting from foul pole to foul pole, which has been thrown out, to me does seem a little much. Extent, yeah. I, I don't know – if that is is completely necessary, I am fine with them extending it a little bit more, especially especially in the areas that 
are most affected by this, and that's the areas right down the, the baseline. So it's yeah. kind of like right past the dugout. I think maybe if you extend it a little bit further past the dugout, that would be okay. I think you, again, stress to people in the area that, look, you're sitting in a foul ball area. You could get hit. You have to be paying attention. Now, I'm not blaming the toddler. She's a toddler. She's yeah. not going to be paying attention to what she's eating for dinner that night. you got to be, you know, it just happens. These accidents happen, and it stinks. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not against... Again, I'm not against netting, but Mike, I do feel like it's a little bit overkill if we are literally fencing in, netting in the entire field of play. Um, and I'm not the guy that's like, oh, yeah, you know, you can't do this and all that stuff. It's just more of, I just think it might be too much. I think netting, just imagine that, netting from foul pole all the way to the next foul pole. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm with that. It said the Bloomberg News report in 2014 found that 1,750 Major League fans are hurt by foul balls each season. Now, you have to think of how many games are played in each season. You have to think of how many idiots are out there that are diving over chairs. Well, there's that as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Think about it. So it's like, you know, they they have to think that, okay, it it, it comes down to a point where when are you going to take ownership of your own actions? Sure, sure. Are, are you going to ruin people's days because there's net, a net there? Okay, you know it's 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 not going to ruin. If you your sit day. behind the net, and I just did it recently at the Orioles Tigers game, you sit behind the net, you get used to the net being there within like half an inning, and so and it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't ruin the experience. You get used to it fairly quickly. Yeah. I will say. Now I understand what, that that viewpoint where sure. you, you you know you get used to it and whatnot, uh, but. Should there be, if you're paying the prices that, sure. you know, that, that you're paying to go to a game, and now, trust me, I'm not totally against having the net all the way over there. Now, I think that, you know, if you're sitting, you know, I was weird. I don't know what that noise was. Short circuit. Yeah, seriously. If you're sitting like 10 rows from the foul pole, I think you can understand, like, if you hit the crack of the bat, you can probably see the ball coming near you. I mean, that's 300 feet away. So... Honestly, now I'm against it just because of the sole fact that I think that with these instances, and I understand about the injuries and whatnot, these instances shouldn't, you know, the 23,000 people that are there, that you could be in the second row and it could, it could be, you know, messing with your viewpoint or whatever it may be. Yeah. I just think that, you know, if you're going to nerf everything to the point where it comes down to saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to charge you $37 for this seat, but you know, the net from a far distance, you can't see something. Like, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of torn by it because people say if there's, if there's a reason to, you know, help people's safety and, and, and increase public safety of, you know, at this ballpark or whatever it may be, then it's like I understand that viewpoint, but at the same time it's like, I mean, when are we, when are we going to have, you know, a net around the entire field? I yeah. mean, to me, it's like, what's what's the point? Because yeah. the point is to, you know, have, you know, fan safety. But in, in, in all accounts, like, I just don't, I mean, I'm looking at the Chicago Tribune, uh, you know, article here. And it's saying that, you know, people are, you know, these guys are stronger and they're, and they're more powerful. And, and bats go flying, too, is a quote on here. It's like, okay, bats go flying, too. But yeah. are, you're there to watch the game, not there to have a business meeting with, with your associate next, next to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, no, I, I agree with you there. I think you do have to have ownership and you have to be paying attention. Again, if you're at a baseball game, you got it. And they, they warn you before every single game. They come on the speaker and they just go, you know, there, there's batted balls in play. There's bats in play. You got to be paying attention. Nobody, nobody watches that little video. Yeah. And, they, and, you know, everybody's eating their hot dogs and drinking their beer and they're not really paying attention. And I think it's just, it's one of those things where, and I've sat 
on the those lines where you know that a foul ball could be going your way, and you just and you're thinking about it. You're going yeah. like, hey, if if foul ball goes this way, I got to be ready. You know, I got to be paying attention. And not everybody does that. Not everybody's doing that. Every some people are in the middle of conversation, and and I, I think it is a little case of I think there's a balance between. Um, you know, having some of the nets in some places where it's obvious. I mean, behind home plate, you have to have a net because you could get killed. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think having it somewhere around the dugouts and such where the most... I, I, I don't have know, a problem with the net go. where it's at right now. Yeah. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, do, I don't think they... I agree with you, and I don't think they should extend it all the way down the foul pole. I, I completely agree with that. I think that's too much. Um, I mean, extend, extend it to... I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know exactly where it is right now, but extend it to the end of the end and of the it diamond. Depends, it depends on the field. The field, yeah. And the end of the diamond would be fine, fine with me as well. Um, I'm not against that, and I, but I, I'm with you in that. I don't think it should extend the whole way. I down. Mean, how many of these fans were in the upper deck? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and they they reached over someone, and someone said, "Ow, I hurt." This guy leaned over top of me. How, how many? <laughs> how many? How many of those th- those were were counted in that in that measurement? Because that seems, I mean, a heck of. There's a lot of you know, foul balls on the dead, but over you know over 1,700 people get injured. That's kind of that's, yeah. That's a and I think it's one of those to. things where I would like to not use. And this is a terrible situation that happened with this girl. Now, luckily, again, she was totally fine. It, I mean, Almora Jr. was very shaken up by it. Understandably, he thought he might have just killed this girl. Yeah. And and, and people have died at ballparks before. Um, but I do think that we take this incident and then we overreact. And say we got to do when this one incident does not happen every game. Yeah. Do foul balls go and play? Yes, every game, of course. But do people get nailed like this every time? No. Um, and and I think we shouldn't overreact. And as you say, next thing you know, we've got nets around the entire field of play as a whole. Yeah. And I just don't think that that ha- we don't. I don't think we have to do that. It's almost similar to being in an NBA game and being courtside. courtside. You know, a player could fly and in and Shaq's kick you in the face. Because Shaq's coming to fly at you. And it's That's like, something you sign up for. It's exactly. something you sign up it's for. Like, yeah. I understand about like, like what you said, where you don't want to have uh, these situations where. You know, you have to put you know disclaimers on every single ticket or whatever it may be. But when you're going well, to, I'm sure a base, they do. I'm sure they have them yeah, somewhere but, in the small print. Yeah, <laughs> when you're going to base, yeah, because they have to cover their asses. Yeah, but yeah. when you're going to a baseball game, you can't sit there and say, "Okay, well, this team owes me something because a foul yeah. ball came and hit." You're going to a baseball game. You sat, you sat in the in, in the you know section 107 or whatever it is at some ballpark, yep. and and you got hit. This is a game where balls can come off the bat at over 115 miles an hour, and you know. Even if you're ready, that could still hit you, and, and you could get hurt, whether you're paying attention or not. But at the same time, you got to you know, do whatever's best to be able to cover yourself in that situation. That is paying attention. And, that, and that's yeah. another thing, that when I was sitting behind the four, four first seats, uh, the, the first four seats, I should say, and that's part behind the dugout, uh, me and my family were there, like me and my sisters, my mom, or whoever it was, maybe were there. And I like watching the game. Like they, yeah. they, they, they'll, they'll talk for a hot second, sure. they'll watch the game, and all, all kind of stuff. But I like watching the game. They're, they're, yep, they're people, some people aren't, aren't as intense as we are, where we like to watch every oh, yeah. pitch. Oh you know? I don't like to get up during the innings at all. Exactly. To go get like, food. Like, yeah. Seriously, I get food right before, and then yeah. I, then because I, that's I, why I, I get to the ballpark early, so exactly. I can eat before the game. I tell even starts. I tell my family, I said yeah. I'm not getting up. Like that's why no one has any has <laughs> ever asked me, hey, you want to get up and go get the food yeah, or something like that? Like no, I I get my food. And if someone comes down, unless with a it's drink, like a fifteen to one game, exactly, exactly then I'll leave. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's it's just like, and I sat there and watched everything because it's like I I have you know we play baseball before, yeah. so it's like I have quick enough reflexes to say okay, but ball comes over here. If I go like this, like like reach my hand, I may out not my catch hand. it, but yeah. I can get a hand. I can block or something. Yeah, like yeah. It. It's like 
Now, obviously, like you said, the toddler's not even thinking, she's yeah, thinking about course, a coloring course, book. She's not even course. thinking about baseball, but it's like, yeah. you just have to think about... You I just know, don't want us to overreact to it. Exactly. I just don't think... Exactly. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Right? I just don't think we should... Ha- we have to just, you know, just overreact this extreme where suddenly yeah. we're, we're putting nets everywhere because of this be- terrible situation that happened. And, and like you said, if, <laughs> if I'm paying $400 for a seat, yeah. Um, you know, I think I am more apt to be like, hey, I want the best view possible. If it's behind a plate, of course I'm going to have the net in my way. But if I'm down the line and I'm right by the dugout and I paid all that money and next thing I know, they go from no net to now I've got a net in front of me and I'm paying more than I yeah. did before, I'm going to be a little ticked it's off. Kind of, it's kind of like, kind of like uh, the uh, FedEx field where I, I remember someone having tickets. A friend of mine had bought like $60 tickets and they had a big cement pole. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I'm, I'm worried about that because I'm buying tickets for the Lions-Redskins <laughs> game. So now I go and I do the find my seat or view from my seat yeah, and stuff and to. make sure because there was one that I looked at and it did end up being that sort of thing. I was like, well, thank God I didn't pay that exactly. money, which is unbelievable. That's a robbery. That exactly. they could, but they can sell that ticket for sixty. Now, bucks. obviously, a net's not a pole, but no, at the same but time, still. it's like you, I, I just don't want to take away from the fan experience exactly. because that's going to account to what the NFL is dealing with right yeah. now, where everyone yeah. is sitting at home. Like one hundred sixty-two games, people are going to be there every single time. But for an NFL game, where you know you have sixteen, uh, you know, games uh, for your own favorite, maybe team, eighteen. We'll yeah. see. They're talking about it again. Uh. We'll see about that. Yeah, yeah. They talk about it every damn year. I know, I know. Uh, But it's like people people sitting at home saying, I can sit at home and watch every 16 game, every 16 games. High they, def. Exactly. 4K. All that stuff. So people aren't going to the games, so they're trying to make like yeah. Jerry World down in Dallas where they have dance yeah. clubs and all this other crap in there. So it's like thinking about it like that, I just don't want to take away from the fan experience because then before you know it, they're going to be like Baltimore during the riots where they have no one in the stands. Yeah, see, <laughs> what, I would, what I would say is I feel like stadiums, and we don't have to spend too much time on this, but I feel like stadiums – don't have to do the Jerry World thing where there's clubs inside the stadiums. I think, honestly, all you really need to bring people in is, okay, there's affordable tickets and food, and there's a great product on the field, and there's good seats available, and, you know, and, and it's a good time. There's parking. Everyone in the concessions and everywhere around the stadium is friendly, and it's an overall good experience. I mean, I told you about Camden Yards. That, that team sucks, but the Camden Yards is such a great experience because yeah. it's a great ballpark. It good has food. a lot of personality, great food. The people that work there are really nice. It's, it's just got its own personality. That's all you re- and, and, and the Orioles, with how bad they are, they still have fans going to those games yeah. because of that. Now, it's the only team in town, really, besides the Ravens. But, but still, that's all you really need. You don't need this fluff of throwing a swimming pool in center field or, you you know, having a zoo, um, you know, or whatever. It's literally all you need is can we make it affordable for our fans to go to this game? Yeah. And, and that, that's – I will choose going to a Redskins-Lions game in person over watching it on TV if I know that for, you know, 80 bucks a ticket, I can get a great seat yeah. and I can buy food at a decent price and have a good time. But Well, I mean, that, that's, you know. a, that's a whole other topic for another day. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, we, we can get definitely – In the summertime, that, we're though. definitely going to get to it sure. when the Nats are out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is that it comes down to, like you said – the stadium experience, you have to go down to the bare bones and say, do we have good food? Do we have good staff? Do we have good prices? That's, that's, the, that's the main thing right there. Like, you don't have to say the product on the field because, like you said, the, the Orioles, they suck, yeah. and, and, and people are still going to their stadium. So you just need to have the bare bones things that people want to go there for because, like you said, good food. Okay, 
obviously they have DoorDash and all that kind of stuff right now, but are you really going to go and say, I'm going to get this? I mean, when has anyone ever got so excited for a hot dog rather than a baseball game? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's when I get, I don't, I don't really eat a lot of hot dogs at my house. I love hot dogs, but I don't really like, I don't really like warm one up in the microwave or, or whatever um, and uh, when I'm at home, but I'll go get it at a baseball game. Yeah. I like having options. I like having personality and options. I mean, having Baltimore have these different like crab related food yeah. and then Nats Park, you, you work in some... I don't know. I don't know what's local to DC. They, have, well, they, they do have, have a Ben's Chili Bowl. They which do have a cool thing where it's, where it's called, I think, you've, I don't know if you've been to it, it's called Taste of the Majors. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, where they switch it up, uh, like yeah. depending on the club that's there. Each See, team, I like yeah. that sort of thing. And then, like, uh, you know, I just want personality. I want personality in the stadium I'm going to. Something. And, I, and, I, and I, want, I want tickets to be better than that. So we'll see. And then the last thing on my end for two-point conversion I just want to touch on <laughs> briefly is another thing that we haven't really talked about um, since, you know, since we took the little break was uh, this, whole, this whole Drake at the, in, in the NBA um, <laughs> stuff. Now, I don't know. I, I kind of fall on the side of this. So for those who aren't familiar, if you're not a big basketball fan, but I'm sure you've seen the news, it's just that in the, in the, Western Com- uh, or in the Eastern Conference Finals and then now in the NBA Finals, Drake, obviously from Toronto, he has courtside seats. Um, he, in the Eastern Conference Finals, was very apparent during the games, if, if you want to pose it like that. So including, including to the extent of uh, rubbing Nick Nurse's, the coach's shoulders at, at, at times during the game, talking trash to the other players, getting into it with like some of the Philly guys. Um, and then uh, and now in the finals in game one, he and Draymond shared some words. He and Steph shared some words. Um, he trolled Steph by wearing a Del Curry jersey. He's very seen. He's, he's, you see him on camera, you know, at least 20% of the game. You know, all, you see all of his reactions. And people kind of fall on a couple different sides of this. There's people that are very much like Drake is an absolute moron. Like, I'm so <laughs> tired of his antics. We should suspend him, get him out of there. And then there's people that fall on the line of like, look, he's a super passionate fan. He's been waiting his whole life for this opportunity for the Toronto, just like the Toronto has, yeah. and them trying to win. Um, and I've kind of fallen on the line of, of probably somewhere in the middle of there Same. where. Same. Have we seen this before? Yeah. We, Spike Lee, and I tweeted about this from our account. I mean, Spike Lee, there's literally a, a 30 for 30 documentary about him and Reggie Miller going back and forth from the sideline yeah. to the court is talking it, trash it, to it, each Reggie other. Reggie Miller versus the Knicks? Something yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, you know, Spike Lee's notorious for yelling at the refs and standing on the court and doing stuff. It, many guys over the years are, have, have done this antics. It just happens that Drake is the one that's doing it right now, yeah. and we're paying. That's why we're paying attention to it because the, also, the social media like that is a lot bigger than exactly. It was. Now we have it all over Twitter, all over Instagram, everywhere. We have everything that Drake's doing Jack during Nicholson these games. With the Lakers, um, yeah, exactly. So you know, I, I, is it annoying when he's rubbing the shoulders of the Raptors coach? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think that's too far. Now Drake wants to give me a back rub. I'm cool with it. But if he want, but but giving Nick Nurse a back rub is a little much. But I think people are overreacting a little too much yeah. to the Drake stuff, where they're getting. To the point where I'm seeing people all over Twitter just say, you know, I'm so like, get Drake out of there. He should be suspended, not allowed at these games. Like this people guy are going to download his album next time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 beca- it's gone a little too far. And we're saying the NBA has actually contacted Drake and asked him to tone it down uh, for the finals, and he didn't into game one. We'll see tonight in game two. Yeah. I mean, he was still very much involved and in, on the court in Toronto. So Wait, tone it down. What are they going to What are they going to do? Well, yeah, I, that's the thing. Is he, the price. he has every right to be there. You know, he's paying probably you know thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for that courtside seat. Yeah. At that, at, with the type of money that he's dropped that he has worked for, I mean, it's his right. money. Um, th- there's only so much you can do there. Because, yeah, you yeah. can't, what, are you going to sit him up in the box now? He's not yeah. allowed to be courtside. It's like, he can kind of do whatever he wants. Now, should he get on the field of play or field, the court of play? No, of course not. As soon as he steps foot on the court, you, sh- you can say, dude, 
you give him a warning and say you cannot you can cheer for as loud as you want, but you cannot stand on the court. Yeah. Um, but it's wild, man. It's just wild to me how anti Drake a lot of Twitter is oh, right yeah. now. I think it's also just this whole fact that people come out there and they say, I don't like the attention he's getting. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, I understand you don't like the attention he's getting, but he's there and Toronto's in the finals. Like, this is something that Toronto's never had. They've never made it to the finals. Yeah. There's, ne- there's never been a finals game outside of the United States. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. And you can call Drake a clown and you know, all this stuff like that, but he is from there. He is a fan. He's had yeah. courtside seats. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, 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 he's a fan for everybody else, and they always have the Drake Yeah, that's the problem. And all that kind of stuff. He's got a Lakers jersey one week, and he's wearing Warriors gear yeah. the next week. Yeah. I mean, but at the, at, I will give him credit. At his heart of hearts, he is a Toronto fan. Um, you know, that's where he's from. So it's just, it's just, To me, the only thing is, it, to me, it bothers me. This is getting kind of weird over here in this TV show. They're dancing now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, it's getting kind of crazy. All right, so that's besides the point. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so the problem is your back is toward, towards that for the most part, and I have to keep watching it for the <laughs> yeah, reason. It's, it's getting kind of crazy. Um, but, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. This is good. I didn't it's know. mesmerizing. Uh, yeah, see, you can't take your eyes off that screen. Um, but um, I just think that when you're, when you're looking at it, I'm not a big. I'm, I don't really care. Like yeah, honestly, exactly. I want to watch the game, but yeah. it's at the same time, it's like I understand when someone gets pissed off because oh, okay, you know the, 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 the you know ESPN is sitting there zoomed upon Drake rubbing his that's shoulders. The, it's that's like, the biggest problem is the media part of it. The co- yeah. the camera doesn't need. There doesn't need to be a Drake cam, no. and that's basically what ESPN yeah. is now. <laughs> it ju- it just comes down to it where you know. Like for instance, when we when the Caps won the Cup, we were we were ecstatic for that. We've been waiting for it so long, all this kind of stuff with the championship in DC and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Drake just has more money, so he's yeah. more in the spotlight. You yeah. know, if I had those tickets, I'd probably be going irate too. Yeah. Um, but it's him interfering with the game. Like I love the trash talk and stuff like that with Draymond and stuff like that. Yeah. It creates more drama exactly. and stuff like that. But to me, it's just. I just want to see the game. That's all I want to do. I don't. I, I, I people just want to you know cause a fuss for everything. It's like just 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 watch the game. And people are and, and people are dumb too. I mean, the part the part that really pissed me off was so Draymond Green gets asked after game one. Uh, this reporter grabs a microphone and she goes, she goes, "Can you talk about that scuffle that you and Drake had um, at, at, after the game?" And Draymond goes, "I don't know what scuffle you're talking about. He yeah. didn't push me. I didn't push him." Uh, you know, he didn't punch me. I didn't punch him. We had words. That's not a scuffle. Yeah. Um, she he, and he's like, can we can we talk about basketball? Can we have basketball questions here? Yeah. And, and that's the problem is you've got report ESPN wants so badly for uh, the, one of the Warriors players to punch Drake. Yeah, they want they want that. So they're like badly. Geez, they're pushing that Drake narrative on. of Drake versus the Warriors, not Toronto versus the Warriors, yeah. but Drake versus the Warriors, and, and they would have they would literally lose their drama, mind man. if they if, if any if any shoving happened or anything. They want that so badly. Oh yeah, and it's not going to happen because yeah, Drake you can call him a goon, but like he's not a moron. Like he's not going to go punch Draymond Green. They're friends. Yeah. You think those guys and he and Steph and all of them aren't hanging out in the summertime? Yeah. of course they are. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just silly. It just annoys me how much time. They spent on this stuff, and that was going to be what I wanted to wanted to mention. There you yeah, go. For the, my two point and conversion. What t- and what time is that tonight? Uh, eight o'clock. Eight, eight o'clock, o'clock tonight. Which is, I hate the fact that so the game one was Thursday, and I was so excited for game two being Saturday, and then I look at the calendar, and it's like, nope, it's going to be Sunday. They gave them two games, two days in between games. It makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. They're they're not going anywhere. They're still in Toronto, <laughs> and they're, they're they played Thursday Sunday. You know what I think they're trying to do? I mean, honestly, I know they do this this kind of crap every single year, but what I think they're trying to do is they're trying to get KD back. <laughs> God bless you. Um, Thank you. God bless you and Holly on the TV. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think they're trying to get Drake back. Honestly, 
I th- or not Drake. Uh, Durant. K- Durant. KD. Yeah, KD. yeah. No, it's possible. I mean, Boogie Cousins is back. And then if Durant comes. So Durant, the rumor is game four is what yeah. he's targeting for a comeback. Will it be a 2-1 Toronto lead at that point? We'll see. I think this could be an interesting series. I think this is actually more inter- It's going to be more entertaining than some people think. I mean, Toronto got the game one victory. That was kind of expected. Um, you know, biggest game in basketball history in Toronto. The crowd was with them. Like, you kind of expected. Uh, and, and then the Warriors had, like, a week off because yeah. they won their series so quick. Um, I think game two, I think tonight could be very interesting. I think the Warriors might take tonight. Um, I think they could even up the yeah. series. We'll see. We'll have to see. But again, this is episode number 32 of the DC Crossover. Follow us on all social media outlets at the DC Crossover on Twitter. Interact with Ben there if you want to interact with me at Cerrone16 on Twitter as well. DC Crossover Podcast on Facebook. Go check us out on there. And also at DCCrossover.com. Me and Ben have to publish some articles. We've been really busy with the Memorial Day holiday and all that kind of stuff. Ben eating boneless wings and getting a little uh, stage fright with the, the couple with a baby uh, <laughs> and different stuff of that nature. But overall, we, we touched on a few good topics today. Uh, again, check out our clip of the week. That's going to be another separate uh, little, little thing, about five, ten minutes worth. Hopefully, it's going to be five, ten minutes worth. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see when I go back and edit this and yeah. kind of check out. I think it's going to be in our pre-show banter. I think it's going to be a lot of our things, unless we get really irate over something. Sure. Um, but it's hey, that's what people like the most. But anyways, uh, stay tuned. We're going to have some more guests here in the next few weeks. I know about, I think two weeks from now, uh, we're going to have Rashad Mobley on the, on the, the, the call here. Uh, for the NBA draft, uh, obviously the Wizards still haven't got a GM. Uh, the uh, GM for the Raptors is in play right now. We'll have to see about all that stuff. Yeah. But obviously, uh, when that stuff breaks, we'll talk more about that as well. But anyways, for Ben Simpson, I am Mike Cerrone. Any last words? No, man. It's about to be a tsunami out there, apparently. Didn't realize I, I, that. Because well, the thing is, I keep getting these alerts now yeah. on my phone saying it said 530. My car's just floating away <laughs> by now. I, no, it said 530. Now it says 630. I don't know what's going knows, on with man. that. Who knows? But, yeah, game two tonight. Watch out for the Nats this week. They get tomorrow off, Monday off, so they'll play again Tuesday. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on them. And Redskins camp is on its way. And, you know, Wizards will maybe eventually have a, a GM again. Maybe they'll just go all of next season without yeah, one. Or, we'll gonna, see. or Ted Leonis is probably going to be the GM. Who knows? Again, uh, this is the DC crossover. Definitely go check out 600-pound life, Holly's story. Yeah, we're uh, the big sponsor of the show. <laughs> big, big sponsor of the show on TLC. For Ben Simpson, I'm Mike Sarone signing off yet again for another episode of the DC crossover. Happy last week of school for Loudoun County Public Schools. Thank you very much. I'll take it. <laughs> see you guys. Thank you.